All right, welcome back to the To Be Better podcast. We are the Chris's. Uh, we do question and answers, emails, and sometimes we simply talk shit. But first, a disclaimer. We are not professionals. No. <laughs> Everything we that we speak on is opinions derived from experiences and outside knowledge we've gotten from other resources. Mm-hmm. If you get any value or something we said resonates with you, share this. Yes, that's how we grow. <laughs> and if you're not subscribed, why not? Yeah, that's a good question. If you're not subscribed, you're going to miss out on this whole experience. That's the Chris's. That is the Chris's. <laughs> <laughs> Please leave a comment. Your comments are actually super dope to read. Knowing how that we've impacted you or your relationship, it just helps us continue to do what we're doing, and it shows that what we say works sometimes. And to submit a question or just to email us and say how we've helped or maybe constructive criticism, email us at tobebetterco at gmail.com. The number two. The number two. Emails will be read anonymously on this podcast, unless specified otherwise by the sender. So if you don't want us to put your story out there, tell us that. Correct. If you're going to send emails, please be as detailed as possible. If you give us a one-sided email about how your partner is the problem, that is all we will address. You will get a one-sided reply. Yes. Nobody is perfect. Take accountability. Everybody can grow. Preach. And we are giving unbiased, honest opinions. We are not yes-men. So if you submit something to us, be prepared for an answer that you might not like getting. But we are going to give you a very honest outside perspective. Is that the full disclaimer? Yeah. Now to the episode. I'm willing, I, I'm willing to bet that I can fade that in and out like in Premiere so that it's just like a 10-second clip that fades in and fades right back out so yeah. that we don't have to do that. Um, welcome back, guys. We are it, Things are so different. Oh, my gosh. Things are so different. Today is episode four. We've tried to record this. Like three times. Three times, yeah. And, and On separate days. And we should have had this podcast live at 6 a.m. this morning, and it's 9.30, and we're just now recording it. Right. Um there's a lot. So first of all, we got all of this set up the way that we wanted it, mm-hmm. minus like the cables being too short and my my um, capture card being the wrong card and everything that I ordered being wrong and having to redo everything. <clears throat> um, there's a lot of change that's currently happening with us. Um, we do have another set, uh, area set up over there so that we can have a guest when we want guests to be physically present in our mm-hmm. home, um, which is something that I, I'm working on. We have... Um, Today's going to be a little bit different. I, I have a couple of things that I want to talk about, and we have something that we want to talk about. And um, these conversations are, are raw conversations. They're not ones that we've had in person yet, because every time we start to have them, I'm like, let's just have it on the podcast so we don't have right. to have it multiple times. Um, and it allows people to see that there's a genuine uh, back and forth. For those of you who don't know, I'm Chris. She is Chris. We are the Chris's. Um, I don't know. Did I put that in the intro? Like the, the disclaimer yes, video? Yes, I believe you did. Did we? Okay. Yeah. Um, so... First, let's talk about um, let's let's talk about where we want to take this because we've had people say that the um, podcast and the Q and A's should be different. The problem with that is that Spotify, Apple, and all the streaming services only get the podcast. Mm-hmm. So all of the Q and A that we do on YouTube has nothing to do with our normal content. So we have to either just do YouTube or just do the podcast or separate what we're doing and do YouTube differently than the podcast. So instead of doing Q and A's and the podcast on YouTube, we would do 
bullshit videos where mm-hmm. we just interact and, and we be us and we you know make content for YouTube <clears throat> and then focus all of our Q and A's and into a podcast once a week for uh, the streaming services, which is kind of what we're doing. Right. Um, the problem is, is we have answered, I don't know, probably 40 emails at this point, like mm-hmm. verbally and in more <clears throat> behind the scenes. And right. I got to be honest, I'm, I'm getting, getting burnt out on some of this. I am burnt out on it. <laughs> and it's not, it's not that I don't want to help because I do, you know, so the emails that we get and like the conversations that we have with my mom and JJ and, mm-hmm. and, and things that are, are like genuinely helping people be better is exciting and it makes me feel good and it makes me want to keep doing it. The problem is, is when you have email after email after email after email of people with constantly like, you know, their world falling apart. It's just all negative. It hurts. Like it gets to the point where like you're living in this constant negative thing. And like for me being the person that I am, it's hard for me not to take that on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. It's hard for me not to want to be overly helpful and not to absorb everything that we're reading. And like, I find myself getting annoyed and angry and I shouldn't be feeling that because it's not my life. Right. I, I can't separate that. Um, not to mention the TikTok nonsense because of the trolls that we're now getting. Like I, I you know, before you, this is going to sound arrogant. Before you ever have a real following on social media, you want it. Like you want to have a million subscribers and you want people to follow you and you want to have that social media money and all of that. Well, we, we were between the two of us, we're over 300,000 subscribers now. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no social media money. We've made maybe 300 bucks in six months off TikTok and we're moving more towards this because this is a lot less trolly. But having our life scrutinized the way that our life is scrutinized on TikTok is starting to become a problem as well. Right. Um, and it's not, it's not all bad. Like it's maybe one or two percent of what we're getting is bad. But when it's bad, it's fucking horrible. And it comes in waves. It's not just one bad comment. I woke right. up this morning to thirty of them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And and it's you know, it would be one thing if it was like. I don't know. I guess maybe it wouldn't. It would still it would still affect you. Like our brains are not not meant to handle that much social interaction. Mm-hmm. Like from years of evolution, it's just not a thing. <clears throat> and it's why people are so depressed in social media and having the issues that they have because it, these studies have been done. Like our brains are not capable of processing this. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we've got all of this going on, and and we've had comments now. We get comments constantly about the way we look at each other. People right. are oh, you know. You can see the love in your eyes. You can tell that you two really love each other and all these positive things. And then last night, somebody was like, he looks at you like he secretly hates you the way he's clenching, clenching his jaw and all of this nonsense. Right. And that affected me. Right. And like we talked about it a little bit and then the continue, the com- the comments continued. Um, I don't remember everything that was said. It was, <clears throat> it was just a lot of projections, shit that they've experienced right. in their past relationship. They're putting it onto what I have, what we have. Right. There was the two things that stuck to me was the look thing because it's the first time anyone has ever said that to us because right. it's always positive with the way we look at each other. The other thing was when we were talking and we're doing emails, I always ask, do you have anything you want to add to that? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to skip to the next point of the email and then have to regress back to it because I skipped you or I didn't take your thought into consideration. So it, it is very much a do you want to talk about this any further before we move on? It's never been a negative thing. Right. They wrote it back to me in a, you always ask her if she has anything of, um, how do they word it? Something like, any, do you have anything, anything to contribute to the conversation? And that's, right. I've never once said that. I've always asked, is there anything else you want to add before we move on? Right. But because somebody read it or heard it the way that they heard it, they've turned it into a negative. And now mm. because I am so wanting to like constantly improve myself, I have to think of different ways to talk to you because 
in the event that one person feels that way, somebody else might as well. I don't so, feel that way though. I know. And, and that ultimately is what should matter because right. you know me and you know that if I'm getting frustrated or, you know, we, we understand each other's um, communication, mm-hmm. body language and things like that. And most people get it as well because we get more positive than negative. Right. But because I do want to improve who I am and I want to work on my communication skills and I want to work on my delivery and my, my speech patterns, mm-hmm. when I hear negative um, comments from people, I want to improve on that. The problem is, is it's not just a, hey, maybe you should try doing this next time and giving constructive criticism. They're shitting on us in the process. Um, <clears throat> I, I think that I know that you mentioned earlier this morning that you might want to take a break from TikTok. And I asked you not to delete your account, just to, to, right. to, to just not post. We can use it to post clips from YouTube to TikTok so that we're getting content. And then that way people can find us on YouTube and we can start working the YouTube angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I also realize that I enjoy the, I enjoy this, right? I've spent a lot of money on getting all this ready to go and we've got it now and I don't want to not do the podcast, but we're also not running for a business anymore. Like we've, right. we've kind of squashed that. So the idea of doing the one-on-one calls and the Patreon subscribers and all the life coaching, like some of the things that people want us to do is very feasible, but some of the content that we're getting, like you need legitimate therapy. You need couples counseling and marriage counseling. Some of y'all need Jesus. Like there's just certain things that I I can't help you with. And I don't want to start taking on these kind of people and then just being like, sorry, there's nothing we can do. So being able to be more selective in the emails that we respond to, I think will be beneficial to us. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that if we do do live calling, if we do do, (laughs) if we shut up, (laughs) Joel said the same thing yesterday. (laughs) If we decide to start doing um, the, the one-on-one calls, (laughs) I'm a child. If we start doing one-on-one calls, it would be beneficial in that we would make a little bit of money here and there. But with you going back to doing your apprenticeship so that you can, because you want to have that title of tattoo artist, Mm -hmm. there's not Mm -hmm. enough money in this in a month of doing live calls unless we're doing one every 30 minutes to make up what you would make in a week tattooing. There's just not, it's just not a thing. And like, that's another thing that got brought up last night is people like, well, you know, you have to if, if she goes back to work or you're making money doing a podcast, she's no longer a traditional wife because she's working now because this is work. We're doing <laughs> right. this, you know, eight to 10 hours a week. The status of my occupation does not affect my values. Right. It, right. <laughs> okay. And that was another thing that I wanted to get into before we get into the gas station thing right. is that I Googled traditional marriage yeah. because that's the way I've worded this the entire time and I'm wrong. So I'm owning it publicly. Traditional marriage is marriage between a man and a woman defined by Google. Mm. Traditional values defined by Google is the values that has been passed down in your family from generation to generation. Things like integrity, honor, uh, fidelity, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, so I, I'm I'm tagging, I'm literally hashtagging traditional marriage, traditional values on all of my videos because that was what I thought that meant. Mm-hmm. Then I had to Google, okay, so if that's not what it is, what is it? Apparently, what we have is tra- uh, traditional gender roles, and I'm not hashtagging that. That's too much characters. Like it's going to limit like how many hashtags mm-hmm. I can put in. Anyways, so I I realize that we do have traditional gender roles, and that you cook and clean, and I I do the manly shit and pink job, blue jobs, whatever you want to call it. So you going back to work does not negate the traditional gender roles that we have in the house because you would still be doing the house shit while I still do the outside shit. We would just have to find a new balance for everything in here. I would probably hire a maid so that we don't have to worry about cleaning the house and doing Mm -hmm. all that shit, which is fine. Um, 
because I don't want to overwork anyone. I don't want to be overworked. I'm fucking stressed enough as it is with everything we've got going on. Um, and the last thing I want is you to wake up and be like, I need a day off and us have a whole bunch of shit planned because that's kind of how this last week has been. Right. And it is overwhelming and it's exhausting and like, we want to help people be better, but I think that we need to be a lot more selective with the emails that we mm-hmm. decide to answer. And I think moving forward, if we do separate things into two separate formats, we should either do a live, like a, a podcast Q and a, where we limit it to three a week. Mm-hmm. And then we do nonsense content on YouTube for fun. I want to do that. That Right. That way like, we can have laughter and, and show people who we are and, and we can be raw with people and then we can still help because my mom's saying that they're going out to dinner and he's sitting in her side of the booth and like they now have date nights planned and they're not yeah. sitting at home all the time. And she told me that they have plans to go to Amy's once a week now and hang out with them at nighttime instead of just sitting home. She They are actively working on their marriage and and they're 36 years in they're four years away from their 40 year anniversary and now they're planning their 40 year anniversary and like she she's like where can i go that's romantic and like she's asking me all these questions and these are these are my adopted parents like these people gave me more of who i am as a man than anyone else on the planet Mm -hmm. so for me to be able to hear them say that the things that you and i are discussing on our podcast is making their marriage better is 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 freaking validating. Like it makes me feel incredible and it's selfish, but I don't want to lose that. I want to continue to help those people. But some of the stuff that we're getting, we're just going to have to, I think that we need to create like a template. So I created the one, the auto reply for Mm -hmm. the not enough details. I think we need to create another one that says something along the lines of like, Hey, this is out of our wheelhouse. I think that you need to seek professional therapy, right? whatever. Um, And then I also think that one of the things we should be doing on YouTube is book reviews. Because I read a lot. So like, you know, that, um, what's the book I just read? Surrendered Surrendered Wife. Wife. Okay. I keep wanting to call Submissive Wife. Surrendered Mm -hmm. Wife. It's an hour. I've read it twice now. And I took a shit ton of notes. Mm -hmm. That book gave me more value in the first 20 minutes than probably the last five books I've read. Yeah. Because it's very to the point. Like Mm -hmm. the other book that she has is seven and a half hours. I just got it. I haven't started on it yet. But if it's anything like that last book, it's point driven. Like X, Y, Z, period, ABC, period. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, it just, it explains everything super to the point. Um, but that's one of those things that we can make a podcast when we just talk about that book, because we right. can give everything in a shorter time frame that benefits us. And then if people are interested, they can buy the book. And I think that would be beneficial to people. I agree. Um, I want to know what you guys want. Like, I obviously, I know that we've built a following on doing the relationship advice and answering emails and trying to help people, but it's not sustainable long-term for us. We both realized that this morning and a mm-hmm. little bit last night. And in, 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 in the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? In, in the, we don't want to, we just don't want to quit this. Like, right. we do want to continue podcasting. We enjoy each other's company. Yeah, I love doing this. It's a lot of fun. I love being able to put myself out there and people realize like it's okay to not give a fuck what people think about you. Like I'm, I'm goofy as hell. I say yeah. some off the wall shit sometimes, but we have fun. Right. And you know, I, I enjoy doing this sitting here across from <clears> you and being able to have intelligent conversations in the back and forth and like actually get in depth about things. And there's moments where you say something I'm like, damn, like that was smart. Yeah. And it makes me change my thought process. It's just, it gets really difficult when, you know, we're reading an email and then we, we converse about it and then we go off and we say something funny and we just have this whole moment of 
goofiness and all of this gloom and then we have to get right back into it right it's a lot i get that and i i get what you said earlier when you said like it's hard for you to separate yourself because you just take things on i do that too Mm -hmm. you know yesterday when i was covering for our manager i was reading back through emails i was looking through comments on tiktok and majority of my day was compromised comprised not compromised comprised of this person is going through that. What would I do in this scenario? So I am literally putting right. myself in these mental thought processes of trying to figure out like this person's feeling that way. You know, they're depressed, they're upset, they don't feel heard. And then slowly my emotions start to attune to that. Yep. It's rough. Attune. That's good. That's a good way to word that. Yeah. I, I want to add too that with the podcast and the back and forth that we have, there are times where like you just said that, you know, you're like, damn, that was intelligent. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the corrections. Because you, you've caught me in a lot of things and corrected me publicly. And it shows that you and I are still very much working mm-hmm. on all of this and that it's not a perfect process. Right. And there's a lot of growing pains. And for a correction to happen publicly, because you're not supposed to do that, like real, realistically, when something goes on, you're supposed to pull your partner to the side and correct them privately so that they're not embarrassed. Right. We're not doing that. We're putting it all out there for people. So people get to see the corrections and like... Um, there is an embarrassment factor, but I also think that embarrassment and pain are the two best learning like teachers, because when you feel embarrassment or you feel pain, you know, you're not going to do it again. Right. You know what I mean? So I think it's also good that we do that that way because they're showing how the interaction can happen in a healthy way. Right. Because I'm not saying, you know, you dumb fuck. I can't believe you just said that, (laughs) you know, and it's something that you've also asked me to do on the podcast. Yeah, no, I want to be corrected. If I'm doing something wrong, I need to know about it in the moment because afterwards I'm be like, I need context. What was I talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. Because we have those conversations a lot. Right. Um, but I, I do that because that's my, my brain. I've got so much going on that I, I don't, um, unless it, unless you correct it right away, mm-hmm. you have to relive that entire experience to put my mind back to where it was for me to understand what you're talking about. It's right. a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that most people don't deal with the brain shit the way that I deal with the brain shit. So it might be easier for them to be corrected off to the side or a text message. And obviously they're not making podcasts about communication. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot. Um, I do enjoy this though. And and like, you know, we're doing the Mm -hmm. photography thing now and people are are invested in that. We have Mm -hmm. people that are following us on, on Instagram and if you don't follow us on Instagram, it's sinful images. Yeah. And we've had people ask us to create, uh, to give out our our mailing address, which is not going to happen. We'll get a PO box somewhere so that people can just mail us because people want to send us pictures of their photography. And somebody reached out and was like, Hey, I want to send you a calendar that I did of my photos. I'm actually pretty stoked about that. Right. And so I need a calendar. (laughs) So we're, we're now creating a community of friends that we would have never met outside of our small area because the population here is less than 300,000 people. Mm -hmm. So we have a very, it's not super small town, but we are a medium sized town that's growing, Mm -hmm. but we are also not socially active like that. We don't go to bars. We don't interact with people that are outside of our social circle because we are very recluse and and introverted. Um, And and putting ourselves on TikTok is is easy because we can make the video talking to our phone. We don't have to interact with people and we can make Mm -hmm. the choice to interact with the comments or Mm -hmm. just delete them. And my block game has gotten real strong because I'm getting to the point now where instead of interacting with people, I've been blocking a lot of them. Right. And I don't care. Like, I don't have to hear your opinion. Just like you don't have to give it, you know. And I know that we're giving opinions on TikTok. People can block our accounts. They can scroll past, not interested. They don't Mm -hmm. have to engage with us. They choose to. So when that happens and we make the decision to engage back, we are basically making the choice to argue with people instead of just deleting their comment and blocking them. 
I don't, I enjoy making people feel silly in my comments. Sometimes I do too, <clears throat> but it's getting to the point where I don't want to waste my time right. trying to justify the way that we live our life or our scenario or having to explain myself because I've made enough content now that if you just take 20 mm -hmm. minutes and go and look, we don't have to have, <clears throat> we don't have to have the back and forth. You can just right. go and do the research and see that you either agree or you don't agree. And if you don't agree, cool. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit about your opinion. I don't like people. I, I genuinely either. don't. So, and, and that was another thing so I said to somebody earlier this morning, you know, they, I don't remember what they asked, but the fact of the matter is, and I told, oh, it was like, oh, um, she said, uh, you treat your women like a queen and everyone else like a peasant because I said that in one of my videos. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm, and she's like, it's a huge red flag. I'm like, I don't give a shit if you think that's a red flag or not. I was like, I'm going to treat my woman better than everyone else. Right. You and make other people jealous of me, not me jealous right. of other people. But when it comes down to it, I don't give a fuck about people. Right. I don't, I don't, I genuinely don't like humanity. I think that 90% of the people on this planet should be wiped off. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a harsh, horrible fucking thing to say, but I mean it. Right. Because we are parasites mm -hmm. and a lot of us are selfish and I just, we need a reset. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a horrible thing to say and I know it. <coughs> And if I was one of those people that happened to be reset, fuck it. The earth needs it. Like, right. I was just thinking that. Like, if I'm one of the people that need to go to better the planet. Yeah. Caitlin hit me with that yesterday. What do you mean? We were talking about end of the world scenarios. Mm -hmm. She's like, I know that in an end of the world scenario, I'd be fucked. She's like, I don't have a lot of friends, but I have, I am an asset because I know medicine and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I was like, you're right. In this end of the world scenario, all you would need is a good squad because you do know medicine. That would keep you alive. And she's like, but other than that asset, I have nothing. So if we ever have to like go out with a bang, I would be, I would volunteer myself because I know I'm going to go anyways. I'm mm -hmm. like, damn, bro. Like that's, that's a whole lot of self-realization and like acceptance and it's kind of dark as fuck, but I like it. And we, we had a whole whole conversation about it. And that's kind of what made me realize that in the event that a reset had to happen, I would be okay with it if it was me. I'm going to die anyways. We right. all are. But I, I know this is getting way off topic. And, and there's probably a lot of people that disagree, and that's fine. Where we are right now with the world, we are not sustainable. Mm -mm. We're not. There's, and with the projection of where we're going. Right. It's not. It's not sustainable. And in the event that there was a, a major meltdown, mm -hmm. right? Just with the population that we have in the United States, we would hunt this country to extinction in three months with the population. Right. The population would be cut in half within the first six weeks of, of this because of people killing each other and all of that nonsense. Right. My <clears throat> belief system. Um, and then at that aspect, you got to think of all the people that are going to flee, fl uh, flee the cities into the country thinking the good old boys are going to help them. Ooh, no, no, you're fucking thinking. wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I did the prepper thing for a long time. I had antibiotics, weapons, all of it. Like I was the crazy doomsday guy. Like I was, I was hardcore with that shit. And the more I realized that like all you're doing is prolonging your existence, you're not going to survive. The survival rate is going to be so low that like, right. unless you have true skills and teams and like proper planning and, and like people that can come together in a community and like make communities work. I just don't believe that that we are going to survive a major outbreak uh, or I'm, whatever. I'm going to be honest. That, the thought of all of that is just exhausted. <laughs> if I can't, like if it's the end of the world scenario, say every end of the world scenario is either nukes or zombies or whatever. That's just a lot. I think I'd be okay in zombies. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, like killing a zombie every now and again would be like, oh my God, look at me. <laughs> but if it's like a horde well, yeah. and I'm fighting for like four hours you and they just keep coming, I'm uh, 
Bye guys. Now, now we're doing survival mode. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not about that. If I can have like a quaint little house in the country and I can grow my own vegetables and I have cows and shit. Yeah. That's that's like the idyllic end of world scenario where all, I can just. All you would need is a, a, a nuke bunker and a hydroponic system and a water source. And right, be but golden. that's underground. Right, but I mean, I like the sun. You just go up for a little while and come back down. <sighs> You wouldn't have zombies looking for you because you'd be underground. Right, so, the, and that's it's just, true. if you had if you had um, proper like solar system set up, okay. Can let, I get skylights? Yeah, let's change the subject because I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I will talk about this for hours because I enjoy these kind of conversations, right. and that's not what we're supposed to be doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. It, it would suck. The right. end of the world scenario like that would suck. But like all of the what if planning and like yeah. well, what if you had this and what if you had this and and like. That's exciting to me. It's fun. Yeah. I like science fiction a lot. Yeah. So um, I'm such a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um, so can we talk about the gas? Do you have anything else you want to add to, to what we've been going on about with the podcast? Um, Do you have any other thoughts? <laughs> you got anything else you're going to contribute? <laughs> I, fuck. <laughs> no, not really. I enjoy doing the podcast. I, I even... There were points where I enjoyed doing TikTok. Not as much as I did when I first started doing it. Because like you've said prior, I feel like it's just perform monkey. Right. It's not as enticing to me anymore. It literally feels like, fuck, I have to make a TikTok today. Right. Because we are still trying to continue to grow our, our right. accounts. And I think I'm kind of moving. Well, I'm, I'm contemplating adding in other things, other perspectives into my TikTok. Like I talked about piercing the other day. Right. And people are like, oh shit, I didn't know you were a piercer. Can I ask you some questions? Yeah. I enjoy answering those kinds of questions. You know, I, I'm not the most knowledgeable on the topic, but I, I like to think that I'm fairly well-versed on the topic. So it's fun for me. You don't, um, you definitely don't get the interactions on those videos that you get on like the normal content right. that you make because people follow you for that normal content. Mm -hmm. But I also think that over time, if you do make videos like that, you are going to get people that follow you for right. a multitude of things. And it makes you diverse. Mm -hmm. it, it gives people an, you know, a, a broader, introspection, I guess, right. was probably not even the right word, but I, I think that it gives people a broader um, view of who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I want you to make this into a little snippet for TikTok. I want to start doing the cooking videos. Yeah. Yeah. You know that with all the cameras that we have, I could set one up so that it's over the stove mm -hmm. and set one with that uh, Manfrotto clip yeah. on the cabinet and then one like somewhere like maybe near all the ingredients and mm -hmm. can just so that I can just go back and forth with the cameras when I edit and make right. that work. I um, think I would have fun doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You would just have to find, we would either have to like cut it into short clips mm -hmm. or you would have to like actually talk to people while you're, you're doing it. I talk to myself anyway. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't verbalize like the things I'm doing. I'm not just going to throw salt in and be like, all right guys, figure out the amount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go until I hear Gordon Ramsay say stop. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we could probably even do some of that stuff on the live streams. That's another thing. I think that I, I may cancel my live stream for tonight. I don't I don't think I want to do that anymore. Yeah. It, they were fun at first, but it's, but it's, it's just the same thing over, over and over, and over again. again. We're yep. not really getting any new people in the lives. Yeah. I mean, on my account, we did before I got that fucking banned for three weeks. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's the same people over and over again. We're giving the right. same advice and they're asking the same question, just different words. Yeah. There are people that that hang out with us and and like are um, a lot of fun to be in the live chats mm -hmm. and like they defend us and they they moderate for us and all right. that shit's super cool. But like while we're doing this and there's thousands of people in there, 
or even a thousand people, sometimes it's only 600 or a hundred. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to moderate those comments when we're talking about something and we're backed up over a hundred comments. Right. And then so, we get caught up and the people have already left the chat. So right. it's not even a point in conversing about yeah. it. I, I think that when the new capture card comes and we do our live streams, we should do them on, on YouTube mm-hmm. and then do like, cause there's super chat on there and it's, it's the whole side of the screen. So like I can just read the chats while we're talking, you know what I mean? And I can slow it down. I can dictate a lot more on YouTube but we have to get to 4,000 subscribed hours or watched hours before we can set up a live stream. We're close to that though, right? We are getting close. I think yeah. we're at like 3,100 or something like that. So yeah. we're, we're getting there. Um, that was a 30-minute conversation about a whole lot of nonsense. Well, you wanted to start the podcast differently. <laughs> yeah, so. we did. We did. Um, I, I do want to like off, off camera, I want to try to figure out like how we're going to do this, but I wanted to have this discussion on camera because... Mm-hmm we are kind of in the same boat. And like, now that I know that we both do absolutely want the same thing with this, we can figure out how to move forward off camera, but I didn't want to have that conversation and have the conversation and then have it again. So, um, yesterday I made a serve your plate video as a stitch to life of Baker on TikTok, who's Mm -hmm. a traditional gender role, marriage, whatever you want to call it. Now that I don't have a definition for it or a word that precisely defines what I'm trying to say. And, um, I stitched the video. It's got almost a million views on it in 24 hours. I've, my followers have gone up 11,000 followers since yesterday, which is insane to me. But in those comments, I somehow got into a conversation that, and the gas station thing got brought up. Mm-hmm. And um, you asked me a month or two ago not to, like the, you didn't want to go to the grocery store anymore by yourself. You wanted me to go with you from now on because you were followed. And I said, yeah, sure, no problem, you know, and I, I agreed to it. It was not a big deal. It's still not a big deal. But in having that conversation about the gas station. Before you move on, I want to clarify before people start getting shit in the comments. It's not that it's not a big deal. I felt unsafe. It's not a big deal for you to leave with me to go shopping. Right. Yeah. 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 That's what I meant. Like, I know. Okay. But people twist shit. Yeah. So before that even becomes a thing. Yeah. No, you're right. And I, I can absolutely see that. It, it's not a big deal for me to go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I fucking hate that we have to even explain that. Right. Um, because I've experienced the gas station thing with you and I've, I've seen people follow you. I've seen people eyeball you. I've seen people start to become inappropriate, not realizing that we were together and then back way the fuck up when they realize that I'm there. You've Um, seen people go out of the way to try and get in my path or my direction. I have. Mm -hmm. And that changed my view on gas stations. I'm a big dude. I'm normally between 250 and 280 and I'm roughly six foot tall. I'm like 5'11 and a half or some shit. Um, five eleven, five six. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. My every time I I I do that, it's different. My ID says five eleven, so I guess I'm five eleven. Um, but I'm a big guy, and I know what I look like. And men don't have to worry about gas stations the way that women do. And I didn't understand it until we got together. And and the only reason that I'm bringing this up on the podcast is because I know that there are men and women who listen to this podcast, and I want you men to hear me. Gas stations are a very real threat for women. And because I didn't experience it, I didn't understand it. I have since had conversations with other people who have studied this. And in terms of transit, gas stations are the most dangerous part of it because of the people that are there, um, you know, risks for things going wrong, people being grabbed, whatever. Um, So we had a conversation about how um, I will watch when you go into the bathroom. And I have to clarify that too, because the fucking comment that I got was like, oh, you want to watch go to the bathroom? No, you fucking dumbass. I'm watching the door to make sure she's not grabbed on the way in or out. I'm not standing at the door. I'm, you know, an aisle over, but I have a clear plane of view of sight or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I know what's going on. 
and I want to make sure that she's safe. And in the event that she's got her daughter with her, our daughter is safe. So I'm, I'm acutely aware of what's going on. I, I, it's, you're also teaching our son to be a protector in doing that. Right. So, and, and that's something that I hold as a, a traditional value and that that's the way the men in my family were raised. You protect women. Um, because I've experienced things like what we experienced at the gas station that night where the dude was fucking eyeballing you the entire time we were in the gas station. And when we walked out, he was standing next to the vehicle between the vehicle and the pump. And you were on my left, Mm -hmm. which would have put you in his direct path. And I was like, I need you to step to my right. And you did no question asked. I let you in the car. And when I walked back around, he was on the other side by his truck. Mm -hmm. He had no reason to be near our vehicle at Mm -hmm. all. And had you been on the driver's side, there is a very real possibility you could have been grabbed there could have been inappropriate things said. There could have been something that could have went down there. Dude had no reason to be next to my car. Right. Had I been by myself and not seen what had happened in the store and I walked out there, I simply would have been like, bro, why the fuck are you standing next to my truck? Mm-hmm. You don't do that. Like, step back. Right. But because I was on high alert, I wasn't going to engage unless I had to. I wanted to get you into the vehicle and make sure you were safe. And by the time I walked back around and was getting ready to say something, he was already moved. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I got comments last night, and I'm going to paraphrase a lot of these because there was a lot of them, of women who have been, there was one woman who was who was grabbed, um, taken, driven two and a half hours away, held hostage for 12 and a half hours, and was repeatedly raped by three men over and over and over again. And she said in my comments, had I had a man to protect me at the gas station, that would not have happened. I had another one say that, um, uh, that she's been grabbed. Um, I have had workers say that they've been harassed all night long by men. Um, people who work in the gas station are like, you have no idea how dangerous the gas stations truly are. Um, as a man, because I don't experience those things, I don't realize it. And because you hear it over and over and over again, you turn the volume down on it. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's no different than when people say, oh, I never expected to live to see 20. Everyone says that shit. Everyone says that shit. So I turn the volume down. I don't want to have those conversations. Tell me something new and original. Tell me one of your own thoughts that you're not regurgitating that you heard from someone else. And I'm not saying that everyone is a liar. Actually, I am because I fucking hate people and I don't Mm -hmm. trust anyone. But when you hear the same narrative over and over and over again and the words are just changed slightly and it's the exact same conversation, you either don't believe it or you turn the volume down on it or you just chalk it up to, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is, you know, a dangerous thing all in itself. And I, I, I acknowledge that. But because I've never experienced that, I've never had to worry about it. Um. Somebody had made a comment, and that, this is the whole reason that I'm bringing this up, that said that um, we live in a small town, and my man will not go get gas. He will not put air in my tires. Um, in the event that we need something and it's 11 o'clock at night, he's making me go get it. And I'm like, if he's not willing to go get it, you don't need it that bad. Like, it's not a need. If it's your job to go get this in the middle of the night into an unsafe scenario, you don't need it. Just wait until the next day. Go in daylight. And then I started thinking about it and like people get grabbed during the day too. Right. We've had experiences with you in the store during the fucking daytime at BJ's Whole Foods or Wholesale or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, it doesn't matter the time of day. If somebody has nefarious dealings that they're going to do, they're going to do it. People are scum. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to interject in the broad daylight thing. I, I said this last night when we tried recording, but I'm going to say it again because mm-hmm. I feel like it's a, uh, it happens and people just don't give a fuck. You know, this this happened a couple of years ago. I was outside of a Target. I was actually working. There was a homeless man sitting there with his dog. And I felt bad, so I gave him some money. And at that point, he started... 
he grabbed me. He started touching me and he started whispering shit in my ear. And he was like, you're so sexy. I want to fuck you and all of this stuff. And I froze. You know, I've thought about moments like that before. Like, what would I do? Like, I would fight back. I'd push him or something. No, I fucking froze. And the manager came out. It was a woman. She saw what was happening and walked right back into the fucking store. So that brings me to two points. One, it doesn't matter how badass you think you are. If you Mm -hmm. were unconscious, you were not a badass. It doesn't matter how big you are. If you don't have training and don't know how to fight, it doesn't matter how muscular you are. You might have been able to like push yourself away from that guy. But in the event that he attacked you, attacked you, there's not a lot you can do in a scenario like that. You can try and you absolutely fight like hell you should. Right. And that's where I believe everybody should carry because in that scenario where he grabbed you and you were able to grab your weapon, you could have stuck that shit in the sternum and pushed him back with the barrel Mm -hmm. of your weapon. Um, or put a fucking hole in him. Dead offenders don't reoffend. I don't care how horrible that is, but I believe that. Um, the other thing is that we have to start looking out for each other. I'm I'm hyper aware of my surroundings in public because I have PTSD and trauma. Like I I don't do well in public situations, so I'm on high alert anyways. But I'm not just looking out for me. I'm looking out for other people because I don't like bullies. So like my need to protect is more than just you. Like I want weaker people to know that there are people out there that will fucking help them in the event that there's an emergency. Mm-hmm. I'm not one to just put my head down and look away from a scenario. I'm, right. I'm comfortable in, in bad situations. And a lot of people aren't. A lot of people get unnerved, fall the fuck apart, and it's not my problem, and they walk away. Well, it's not your problem until it's your fucking problem and everyone is looking down and walking away. As a, a whole... We have to be better. And if we were better and we, we actively, everyone came together and started looking out for each other, sex trafficking would stop mm-hmm. because somebody would get grabbed and instead of picking up the phone to record it or calling 911, nine motherfuckers would jump on them and stop that shit. Right. Um, <coughs> I'm not going to continue with this conversation because it, it, it's dark and I don't, I don't enjoy having this conversation, but man, I want you to realize that I don't care if you feel it's your job to get her gas or to make sure that her car's oil is changed and the fucking tire pressure's done. Gas stations are dangerous for mm-hmm. women. And if you are not willing to accept that and you are actively sending your woman into those scenarios and something happens to her, it is your fault. It's not just gas stations. Though. I know, but I'm using that as a, cause that's, that's a prevalent thing. I right. know that it's at grocery stores and Walmart. Like I understand anywhere at night. Yeah. Well, it's anywhere during the day. You know, night is more likely. I mean, during the day, like you said, if someone's going to do something, they're going to do it. Majority of people wait for nighttime. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't have anything else on that one that I just, I I feel like, and, and I know this is a fact because Ian reaffirmed this in me that men are more apt to listen when men are speaking about things like this than, Mm -hmm. than when women are, or, if like you were to make a point about women, it's going to come differently than me making the point about women because I'm a dude. Like they don't want to hear that shit. It's more, more affirming or whatever. when a woman says woman shit. So for me to tell other men, like this is a threat, I've seen it, I've experienced it. It might hit differently than a woman being like, I'm afraid of all men. And, and that's another problem that I have because I don't see, I'm not that guy. I'm not a predator. I'm not somebody that wants to harm people. Nine mm-hmm. times out of 10, I don't even want to talk to people. I'm not trying to look you in the eye. I don't want to have a conversation. I don't give a shit that you like my tattoos. I don't care that you like my car. I don't want to interact with you. Right. Um, <clears throat> but I, I am still aware of the situations around me because I don't want people to be hurt. If more people just did that, we would be very different, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't want people to continue to put their head down. 
I want people to realize like this is a real threat. And if people start looking out for each other, we're going to be in a better position. Right. And men, you should be looking out for your woman because it is your job to make sure that your family is safe. I'm not going to keep harping on that. I, if you have anything that you would like to add to that, we can continue, but I'm, I'm done on this topic. Yeah, let's go. Okay. All right. Um, this one's called The Mother-in-Law-to-Be and Boundaries. She says, hello there, y'all. Let me start by saying thank you so very much for your content and motivation to do the dirty work and figure things out. I just verped. That's disgusting. Um, and figure things out as well as taking accountability for things. In our home, we've used the report cards with our children and are doing so great. Um, and are doing so great every week. It has been a blessing so much so that when we, when taken to the therapist we work with, she made copies to share with other families in hopes that it'll help them. That's wild. That is pretty insane. Um, my husband is uh, to be, so she's not married. My husband to be is 35 and I am 36. We've been together going on three years. January 27th is when we are official. Uh, however, we were not public official until April due to the fact that I was still married. Although he was in prison, uh, we were over, he was in prison and we were over. I didn't want it public until we were sure that it was concrete. Okay, so her husband at the time was in prison. Right, but they were already split. Right. Um, my husband at the time did something that I felt put mine and my kids' well-being at risk, and I drew the line long before, and I meant what I said, <clears throat> which is, which was, if he couldn't follow the rules and how in the hell could, uh, he get out and do the right thing for three kids. He had given another inmate my phone number, and an inmate called me, and I drew the line right there. Um. Anyhow, a little backstory. His wife passed away in a motorcycle accident September 20, uh, 2019, four days before their oldest daughter's 10th birthday. She was coming home from the picket line here at the GM plant. I was friends with her as she was also a CNA and I was an RN. They had three children together and they are now 13, 11, and seven, two girls and one boy. When she passed away, I went to the services, paid my respects. I also helped a friend of mine uh, gather things for him and donations to help funeral costs and so on. I knew her and the family not only from working together uh, with her at two nursing homes, but the fact that we ran in the same crowd as teens and the town is small. I also attended the candlelight ceremony that was held out at the plant where she was coming from. I never in a million years thought I would be the woman getting married to her husband or one her children call mom too. Wow. I have a cake made every year in her memory, and we release balloons with letters from mom attached. I'm going to pause right there. Um, stop doing that those balloons end up in the ocean mm -hmm. and it ends up killing animals. Like those balloons are going to pop eventually and it's going to fall to the earth. The letters are going to fall to the earth and right. the string or anything is attached to it. Um, that was a very big thing in the eighties and nineties and they put a huge stop to it because those balloons were coming down and it was killing dolphins and shit. Mm -hmm. um, wow. It's the things that we remember. Right. Like yeah. I, I vividly remember that as a kid because that was something that we used to do at school was the balloon releasing. I'm fucking old. Um, I also will take them to her site where the accident happened uh, every one of their birthdays and have a piece of cake with mom. Her remains are in my living room and her pictures are everywhere in her home. He wears her, their wedding rings on a necklace with a cross on it with her ashes in it. To be clear, the way that I see this is she is half of the kids and without her, I wouldn't have them. So I celebrate her uh, any way that I think will help all of them understand that I am me and she was her and I am not here to take her place. They are all part of the club. They didn't ask to be in and nobody wants to ever be a part of if you ask me, especially at such a young age. That's a lot, dude. She's like really trying to keep this woman alive. Like right. the memory and shit. That's that's kind of impressive. I want to ask, how do the kids feel about going to the site where their mom died? Yeah. 
That's super intense. Is that something that they asked for? Or is that something she implemented? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that should be clarified. I also, mm, I don't know. As a seven-year-old, I, I wouldn't want to be at the place where my mom passed away. I would go to her grave. Right. Like if, if it was my birthday and well, I want to have a slice of cake with I her. I don't think there is one. She said she's in a box in the living room. Oh, shit. That's right. I don't know. Everybody handles death, death differently, and I right. understand that. I, I, I definitely think that what she's doing is admirable because she is trying to keep um, the kids memory of their mother alive. There's a lot of women who'd be out there like, I'm your mom now. Right. You know, get super pissed off that the husband is still wearing the ex-wife's yeah. ring. Like, good on you for being adult enough to recognize that this was a whole human being and something tragic happened. And even though it was tragic, it's allowed you to step into their life and kind of keep her spirit alive for the kids. She could have totally taken this in a negative way and she didn't. Yeah. She's definitely a good woman for that. This this is this is a lot. This is this is why I said what I said at the beginning of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like this this is heavy. This is and it's a lot to think about and a lot. Obviously, it doesn't affect us. We don't know these people. Right. But when you when you put yourself in that position to have to think about okay, where is this going, and to think about you know, I don't know. It's just a lot. It, it, it's a lot. Um, between us, our kids are seven, sixteen, thirteen, eleven, eleven, and seven. So one, two, three, four, fucking six kids. So if I'm understanding correctly, she had three kids from a previous marriage. Yeah. And then three with, okay. Um, and they're so close together, 11, 11, 13, 16, and 17. Um, just over a year ago, there was an incident with his mom, him, our oldest, and myself. Fuck. I am so sorry in advance. This is going to be long and sort of graphic. Our 17-year-old was 16 at the time. My mom's boyfriend, uh, I'm sorry, my boyfriend's mom was not allowed in our house for over a year right now. In fact, this Christmas was the first time that she's been on the other side of my front door in a year. Our oldest began this long journey of the school and his ex because of her father uh, was hell bent that our son was in an abusive, I'm sorry, that our son was an abusive POS just like his biological father and was in the process of convincing her of this. Wait, I, I think you just skipped over I, a bunch I of shit. totally <laughs> skipped an entire sentence, a whole so, line. Our oldest began this long journey of school and his ex-girlfriend harassing him beyond the norm. <laughs> I couldn't say much on this topic for legal reasons. The ex-girlfriend began this by having a fit over him, logging into her IG and blocking someone she decided that this was a violation of her privacy. I mean, it kind of was. It absolutely was. <laughs> because her father was hell-bent that our son was an abusive POS just like his biological father and was in the process of convincing her of this. It was a violation of her privacy. It absolutely was. Um, even now, I do not feel like I have the right to log into anything you have and block somebody from your life. And I'm your wife. Right. I don't have that right. I can say to you, hey, this bothers me. Would you consider, you know, to make me feel more comfortable in our relationship blocking that person? And then I give you the reins. From there, you can either make a decision of, okay, she's come to me about this. This isn't somebody you've known for years. You know, you're either going to make the decision to make me comfortable or you're going to make the decision opposite. And then that's going to lead to other things. Right. Are you going to continue reading? Do you want me to? I would prefer it. <laughs> okay. Because this is, I mean, I'm, I'm on a much bigger screen, but like right. I, I skipped an entire line, which was like three sentences just yeah. now. And I also don't want, because I have had a back and forth with this woman. 
I enjoy conversing with her and her giving us updates and letting us know like what we're doing is helping her. So I'm not trying to shit on your son by any means. No, not at all. I think that this is a very good learning opportunity, especially because later on in the email, she says that he's autistic. This is a very good learning opportunity for him. Mm. In his mind, he was doing something innocent. In reality, that is a violation of privacy. And it would be a good idea to sit down with him and say, I know in your mind you thought this was okay to do. Going forward, there's boundaries. I want to know how he got her password. Did he just pick her phone up and start going through her shit? Because um, this is logged into her Instagram. Can, can we talk about social media for a minute? Yes. I, I, I hate it. It's me fucking too. If I... If the opportunity ever arises to where we can say we hit the lottery, we have all this money, we don't have to have the businesses anymore, we don't have to work, nothing. I would delete all of it and disappear. I would want to live on a farm or a ranch in the middle of fucking nowhere in the mountains and just take care of animals and fucking play in a meadow and look at stars at night. Yeah, I'd be happy living in a class C van, <sighs> my camera gear. I don't, I, and I, I, I gotta be honest, I would have a flip phone, like an old flip phone just so that I could text if I needed to and make phone calls if we ever got stranded. But mm -hmm. social media is, is a destructive tool and, and like they're doing psyops on us using social media. And this is not like conspiracy theory. It's a spoiler alert because it's fucking true. Right. And the documentation is out there. It's not even hidden. Mark Zuckerberg went in front of Congress and fucking flat out said that they were making people depressed by making mm -hmm. their feeds being depressive on Facebook. Right. And then they had a control group where they made other people happy by showing them happy shit on their, their feeds. Big tech is absolutely manipulating our lives. Mm -hmm. And when we are so wrapped up that social media is prevalent in our real life because people think that what's happening on social media is real and it's, it's fucking, fucking not. not it's curated nonsense everything on the internet's fake right like right i, I just all photos are edited every article is biased it's <laughs> it's biased it's either over exaggerated there's shit purposely left out to form right. a narrative right. like <sighs> if we ever hit the lottery i love the idea of getting a van, I'm going around taking photos, but can home base be a farm with animals? Uh, no, because how are we going to leave and, and have the animals taken care of if we're gone for months at a time? We'll hire somebody. Bet my mom would take care of animals. Just have her come there every once in a while and go feed my cow. She'd be happy to do it. <laughs> I really, really hate social media. Anyways, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to do the animal thing. No? I, I really don't. <sighs> It's hard enough to keep me alive every day. You know, being responsible for another living form. I like, would take care of the cow. Yeah, until we wanted to go somewhere and then you had to find a, a cow sitter. Okay. Like. <laughs> I understand. Logically, I know you're correct. The real what, feasible what, thing. What we would do is we would buy like 50 to 100 acres. Get your mom on there, my mom, and Amy. My sister. And your sister. Uh, and then, uh, maybe my sister. Pablo might, might be down for that. And then but. we can just go do whatever we want to do and they can homestead and just live for free. And we could be cowboys. No. No. Uh, the modern version <laughs> of cowboys. Because we're leaving and they're taking care of our shit and then we're coming back and having a great time out in the that's world. That's not cowboying. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived on a farm. I know that's not cowboying. It's a joke. I don't want to live on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to live in a van. <laughs> I do too. I would just like home. 
I just want a fluffy miniature cow. Okay. Like, the miniature cow is not going to fit in the van. We need to find like a mini mini cow, one that doesn't get bigger than like three <gasps> feet, and then oh my god, like a teacup cow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that somebody's breeding those into existence right now. I love the idea of a class C and just zooming off. Yep. I people would be like, I wonder where they are, and they'd get on Instagram and be like, Oh shit, they just left <laughs> Wyoming. Yeah. Oh, today they're in Colorado. I used to follow, I mean, I still do. I follow a lot of van lifers so on YouTube I. and one of the dudes parked his van in a redwood forest and he was right outside a lake and he woke up in the morning and there was just steam coming off mm. of the lake and it was all misty around the redwoods. And I was like, that's what I want to do one day. Like, I know it's going to happen for us. That's how we're going to fucking retire. I want to go to a redwood forest. It, if, if I was to sell all of my gym equipment and sell the house, we could do that right now. Mm-hmm. The only downside is, is we would be compacting our lives and the kids. Right. Because the kids can't live in a class C with us being the age that they are. Right. Um, but yes, that is, that is absolutely the retirement. That's the mm-hmm. dream. And I got to be honest, if in the event that like we got even an extra hundred grand, like if I was able to just put a hundred thousand dollars away that I knew I was going to spend and not be a big deal, I could buy one of those vans and we could keep right. everything that we have because the payment on it would only be like 400 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Insurance would be high as shit, but right. mm-hmm. we could start doing that now. And then it, it all comes down to just trying to navigate around school. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry guys. We got way off on a tangent. We really, there. really did. So our son's anxiety was through the roof. And as some teens do, when they go through a breakup, he threatened to harm himself. As soon as I got this call and information, I rushed him to the doctor and was prepared to have him committed if I needed to meet, if I needed to. Meanwhile, my boyfriend was telling him that he needed to knock it off and that is not how to handle the situation at all. And he shouldn't be doing that to any woman to make them feel guilty to stay with him no matter how much he thinks he loves her. Agreed. I agree. That is manipulation. It is. I, I, I also am a big, like, I, I'm a hard ass. And like, I, I think that the way the dad handled this in this scenario is good. I think he handled it a little harsh. I, I don't telling him to knock it off like you need to fucking be a better man like I, right. I i really think that people get coddled too much like you know you can't sometimes sometimes things need baby gloves and i understand that but sometimes a man needs to look at another man and be like quit the shit i agree you can also be compassionate in doing so you can you can say the hardness but then continue on to say i experienced that as well though i've had that heartbreak right hopefully there was compassion mm-hmm. I, I, i'll definitely agree with that I also agree with taking his threat threat to harm himself seriously. Yeah. Even if he's saying it just to get attention, what if he's not? Right. You know, um, that's rough. I'm sorry he felt that way, especially with him being autistic. When I was... Right. That adds a whole different narrative to the conversation as well. Right. When I was in my teens... I didn't know I was autistic. I didn't get diagnosed as autistic until I was like 24, 25. Yeah. I'm technically autistic as well because I'm borderline that they consider that on the spectrum. So when I feel emotions, I feel them hard, like simple, small, like sad, emotional things will make me cry. I will cry watching a movie when somebody just says a line emotionally. I'm like, Oh damn. Like (laughs) estrogen blockers. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't even think that would do it. It's just the way that my brain's wired. I feel emotions very intensely yeah. and I hate it. So the fact that all of this is happening to a teenager and they're 
that his ex-girlfriend's father is against him. That shit's hard. Yeah. And you know, being a young man in today's society, especially an autistic one, like being a kid is hard, period. Right. Kids are fucking cruel. They really are. So anxiety is rough too. Yeah. I have severe anxiety. That shit is suffocating. I'm gonna get a drink. Okay. So I agree with you taking it seriously and taking him to a doctor. And it's hard to say that you were prepared to have him committed, but that if that's what's needed to keep him alive, to help him grow as a person, I mean, that's what you have to do. I also agree with your boyfriend, though. It, it, nobody wants to tell a child, you know, man up a little bit. But saying that you're going to harm yourself to make somebody else feel guilty and want to stay with you. That's not a relationship. That's a manipulation tactic. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who are like, you know, the typical, like suck it up. You're not allowed to cry. Mm -hmm. Put some fucking dirt on the windy little bitch. Like that kind of thing is not what I was getting at when I said that. Right. But I, I believe, I believe that a man has a role in a home. Yeah. Especially when there's another young man in the home, because it is our job to teach them how to be men. Mm hmm. So that conversation should have been had and it should have been had in a direct matter of fact, this is fucking wrong conversation. Right. You, you know, can't beat around the bush on that kind of thing. Right. There's no room for interpretation. Right. It needs to be very clear that this is wrong. I almost dropped my soda. So if this sprays everywhere, I'm gonna have to get up again. <laughs> okay. Okay. So our son's anxiety. You want me to jump in? You got it? Yeah. So our son's anxiety was through the roof. Oh, I said, yeah. You asked if I got it. Oh, well, I asked you if you wanted me to jump in, and then you I asked if you got it. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah was the, the answer either way. <laughs> so our son's anxiety was through the roof. How dare you talk over me, woman? <laughs> <laughs> I want to clarify. You're also in the wrong spot. I already read that. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so when but. I got him to the doctor, he was not only shaken... <laughs> We are so stupid. We are. I enjoy us though. I do too. Shit's funny to me. It's so it's little moments like that between us that just it makes it easier for me to do these emails. Yeah. Yeah. If it was just always sullen and gloomy, I it would be harder. His blood pressure was one ninety over two oh one. That is high as fuck. Yeah, it is. It's that's da like dangerous high. That's like heart attack high. Yeah, hypertension for sure. The doctor prescribed some meds and told me to make sure there was nothing he could harm himself with to keep an eye on him. And if he began acting up, acting upon these things, take him to the ER and have him evaluated further and admitted if need be. I took her son home and did exactly that. My boyfriend and his mom were in the living room as she was supposed to take the other kids for the weekend. And my boyfriend was already off work. I explained to my boyfriend that our son needed to be checked on that the doctor gave him some meds and I needed to go fill the script and his door had to stay open and I removed anything he could harm himself with and that we could talk about the details later in private as well as asking if his mom was still taking the other kids. She answered before he could even, before he even could and said, well, I am sitting right here. Why don't you ask me if I can take them? I mean, I kind of agree with that. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is so... This is a scenario where this mom is a fucking mess. Her right. kid just threatened to kill himself or hurt himself. Mm -hmm. He's on suicide watch. Like this is this is a legit suicide watch. In right. jail, they give you a paper sheet and take all your shit. Mm -hmm. This is not like 
this woman's a fucking mess right now. Mm -hmm. And instead of the mother-in-law just being understanding and shutting the fuck up and letting this woman go through her crisis, she's now adding conflict. Right. I understand that like people don't like to be talked about as if they're Mm -hmm. not sitting there, but like there, there is a time to have a conversation like that and a time to just kind of let people go through what they're going through. And I, I feel like this is one of those times she should have just let the woman fucking go through what she's going through. I agree. So I want to clarify when I say I kind of I agree with what the mom said. And this scenario is very inappropriate. Right. And any other scenario where there's not a emergency situation going on, if that person's sitting there, address them directly. Right. Agree. But I agree in this scenario, the mom should have definitely just not the not the mom we're reading from, but the mother in law. She should have definitely just stepped back and kind of, or she could just interject and be like, yeah, I got them. Don't worry about it. That would have been the answer. That should have been the answer. It's really not hard to pick and choose your battles and Mm -hmm. realize the situation. Like if if you see the people around you are struggling, why add extra conflict? Right. I don't like in-laws. No. Nope. And and I know that like everybody's got their horrible in-law stories and like I have a bunch of them when I was doing photography, wedding photography, Mm -hmm. in-laws are fucking nightmares. Yeah. But people who, when you are an in-law, you feel like a sense of entitlement because your kids are involved in what's mm-hmm. going on and you want to be the protector and like the mama bear and you want to do all of those things. Right. But when your kids have gotten married mm-hmm. and they've left the home, like you they're living their own lives at that you point. You don't get to do that anymore. Right. You're not the driver anymore. You're in the backseat. Yeah. <sighs> Ooh, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. You tell them, shut the fuck up. You're in the back seat. <laughs> you don't get to say nothing. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Hey, uh, off topic. I heard something yesterday that I'm stealing. Oh. No, this is good. Yeah. This is fucking clever. You know, everybody says, like, she's your piece. And they say mm-hmm. those things. Somebody called you my true north. Ooh. 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 I said, like, Pinterest tattoo. Like, Ooh, but I, that gave me goosebumps. It did it for me. I was like, okay, that's really good. And then, because I said that I was stealing that, and a right. bunch of other people were like, oh, that was really good. Apparently, the chick that said it, her last name starts with an S, and his starts with an N. Shut up. Yeah, bro. Shut up. Yeah, it did it for me. The nerd in me was like, <gasps> I legit have goosebumps. <laughs> that made me so happy. We really are nerds. <laughs> that's the only way I want you to address me now. My true north? Yes. All right. The North remembers. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> 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 One, two, three, go. Okay. Before we get in further to this, Shauna, I'm so sorry this all this is all happening. Like Yeah, it's rough. This is a really rough situation. You're you're stronger than a lot of women, just in the aspect that you're trying to keep this man's ex wife alive for the kids. You know? Uh, that I can imagine that's a hard thing to do. You're you're literally putting yourself second to a woman who isn't even here anymore. That's big. Yeah. And I'm sorry that your son went through that. I get that. When I was in my teens, I was suicidal. I've been suicidal my whole life. I still go through it. Right. I mean, I do too. But like in my teens, it was bad because I didn't understand my emotions. Now that I know that I'm autistic and that my depression plays into a lot of it and my anxiety plays into it, like all of them are just fucking constantly. It's like high speed ping pong in there. (laughs) All I can see is the Atari game. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I hope that your, your, well, your soon to be husband checked his mom in that moment. I really hope so too. 
I, I really think that people need to realize that your your partner comes first. Right. And like people can disagree, like even on the, the video with the plate thing, mm-hmm. it, this everybody was like, well, I feed my kids and then my man and then me. And they're like, well, if you have kids, why doesn't she feed your kids first? I'm like, what do you think? I just sit there and watch the kids eat before we sit down and eat. I was like, when the plates at the table, mine hit, the, the kids hit, then mm-hmm. yours hit. And we all sit here until you sit down and then right. we eat our meals together. It's also not like I'm serving you 45 minutes before everybody else eats. Right. But we also <laughs> don't have toddlers that were sitting in a high chair being spoon fed. Right. Like, um, and, you know, us doing this is also teaching them table and, manners. Yeah, absolutely. Chew like, your mouth closed. Put your plate away. Yeah. We set our plates down and we wait for everybody to sit down before we start eating. Yep. It blows my mind. It blows my mind that a lot of families don't sit down at a dinner table anymore. In a world of fast food and easy food and, and not having like proper meals made, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't sit down and eat at a dinner table anymore. That was one of the things that I got from my adopted family. Yeah. I wanted that. It's important to me. Mm-hmm. And, and like because we had the podcast shit set up at our dinner table, we had to eat in the living room again. I hated it. I, I did too. It was cool because the kids would watch cartoons while right. they ate their meal and they would actually eat their meal instead of asking to be excused after two bites. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of things that we were missing in that aspect. I started... Even though I couldn't hear them do it, every once in a while, chew with your mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. Just because we correct them at the dinner table still. I know that they're sitting there, but without that face-to-face, me catching it in the moment, they're going to get away with it. It's going to form a new habit. Right. I'm trying to break that. Right. How how about they got home, uh, they got to their dad's and helped set the dinner table, and he called and he was like, oh my God, they helped set the dinner table. He's like, have they ever done this at your house? I'm like, they do it every time they're here. I love that our daughter gets excited to help. Like I start cooking. I pull pans out and she's like, can I set the table? Yeah. And I'm like, not yet, babe. You know, I still have an hour of cooking to do 15 minutes later. You done yet? Can I set the table? Yeah. <laughs> the want to help is, is nice. I love it. I just stared at her, not even sure what to say because I couldn't even believe she was talking to me like this, let alone talking to me like this in my own home. You damn right. That is your house. I would kick somebody out. Before I could even speak the words out of my mouth to ask her anything she said, I had a doctor's appointment and just stopped to see what was going on, which was her just being an asshole because all week we had planned for her to take the younger four kids for her for the week with her for the weekend. Yeah, I, I don't understand why she's saying she had a doctor's appointment is even relevant to what's happening. I hate it when people are petty just to create problems. Right. I went back to looking at my man And talking to him, I said, well, I'm going to go get this filled and get the flat tire from the night before the spare was on the vehicle at the time fixed and drop our second oldest off with her dad. And we will deal with this when I get home. Let me know what you'd like for dinner, please. I then proceeded to tell him that all of our son has in his room is his PS4 and his phone. He should be fine to just keep an eye on him. And we'll talk about the details when I return. His mom then pipes in and says... You're going to let him have all of that after the shit he just pulled. I don't think that's a very intelligent of you to reward bad behavior. This woman considers this boy wanting to commit suicide bad behavior. I I definitely don't think I would have let him keep his cell phone at that point. Oh, I would have taken the cell phone because internet access. Right. I mean, you can kind of get online with a PS4 too, but not to that extent. Right. You can't right. browse Facebook and Reddit and shit on PS5. But it would have been more for a 
safety concern and not a punishment. And I would have explained it that way. Like, right. hey, you, you know, you're in a really dark spot right now. The last thing that you need is to be reading dark shit on the internet and making right. this worse. Like, let's or even finding ways with what you're available to now to harm yourself. Right. Let's let's go ahead and dial that back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I gotta be honest too. I don't like video games very much, but I would have made it a point to go in there and sit down and play video games with him. Right. I was just thinking like he shouldn't be sitting in there by himself. I would have tried to engage as, as the dad, I would mm -hmm. have tried to engage him in some sort of man to son, normal talks, Right. like not you're in trouble. This is where the compassion comes in. Right. Like let's process this a little bit together. And that's where the conversations can happen is I've experienced this kind of thing before. Right. Maybe not to the extent that you are, but I've been through breakups that it does suck. Yeah. I also want to add before you start reading again that the the they have to drop the second oldest off with her dad mm-hmm. <clears throat> with a car that has a flat tire and a spare on it. Why didn't you just text the dad and be like, hey, I know that I'm normally the one to drop the kid off. I'm really going through something right now. I need you to come pick. Mm-hmm. Um, she might have not have thought about it. Right. I, I would have, though. Like, that's one of those things that, like, the tire's flat. You got to change the spare out now. And now you have to drop the kid off and get dinner while your kid's going through all of these things. Can I have your pillow? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Um, oh God. I I don't know how bad um, the relationship is with the two of them, but as a parent, I think that they would have understood. Like, hey, this is kind of a bad scenario. I got you. Whatever. I don't know. I, I think it's important that parents work on co-parenting and leaning on each other, even if they're not together anymore, because you get a greater dynamic. Um between the two families if everybody can get along. I agree. I'm even experiencing that now with my kid's dad. Yeah. You know, it was very tumultuous when we split. And up until about, I don't know, I'd say like four months ago, maybe even three months ago, mm-hmm. it was still kind of rocky. Yeah, things are starting to improve though. I agree. And I'm, I'm, I am hoping with the progress that we're making, in five years we could be doing Christmases together. Yeah. Or we could all sit down for Thanksgiving or we can all go to like their birthday parties. We can celebrate it on one day instead of... Multiple houses. Right. I didn't even pay attention to her mouth. I just focused on what I was saying to my boyfriend. I went to go tell him to stay in his room until his mom left with the other kids. And then they come out if he wanted to talk to my boyfriend. Oh, she went and spoke to her son. Right. Okay. I turned around and our 16-year-old was standing behind me. I am five foot tall and he is 6'2", so I ran smack dead into his chest. I'm sorry I chuckled at that. <laughs> I, um, I'm taller than my mom, so I know one day my son is going to be taller than me, and that's just a funny image. Yep. He was staring at my boyfriend. Our oldest is autistic with PTSD and anxiety. Not that it is an excuse, but just for context on understanding his verbal cues and ability to communicate. My boyfriend asked if there was a problem. The 16-year-old just stared him up and down and didn't say a word. My boyfriend asked him two more times before getting up off the living room doorway. Before getting up off the couch, we have hardwood floors and our son had socks on, so I was able to physically push him from the living room doorway to the entry of his room and another sibling bedroom door before he reached down and removed his socks so that mom could no longer move him so easily. I was telling him to stop and just go to his room. What, why is this turning into such a, a hostile I, situation? I, I, don't, I don't understand. I also, the 16-year-old is the one who threatened to hurt himself? That's the one that we're talking about right now? No, the 17-year-old threatened to hurt himself. Okay, so then she's got two autistic kids. I'm assuming so. 
Our oldest is autistic, the 17-year-old. Okay. All right. The um I'll I'll let that go. I I'll wait cuz that may not be prevalent and I don't want to fucking jump into long-winded confu- um right. conclusions. Before I know it, my boyfriend and the child are nose to nose and my boyfriend is asking him if there is a problem. Okay, so it sounds like the kid was standing there challenging the boyfriend, like eyeball fucking him. Every every, every male kid goes through this with their parents. Yeah. Every single, because there's a power struggle when you're a teenager and you think you're the fucking man of the house now and you want to bow up to your parents and the parents got to put you in their place. It happens that as a normal thing. It should not happen. But I really it, hope that doesn't happen with Grayson. It, it, to who? <laughs> what? What do you mean? To who? Like, who's he going to do that to? He's. I, I don't think that he would do that to me or his dad. Right. I'm just saying I hope that doesn't become... You said it's, it's it, something it, that happens. It does. It happens a lot. In, in my experience, it's happened. Right. Every one of my friends have had that moment. I've had that moment with my friends' dads. It, when I was younger, like that, it's just a thing. You you want to know your place and like the 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 pecking order. Pecking order, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. And like, <clears throat> I can give you I can give you specific for instance for instances when I was a kid where I thought I was going to be a lot bigger than I was, and my stepdad fucking knocked that out of me quick. Hmm. I'm not going to do it on here because it, right. it's like legit abuse shit, and like we don't need to have that conversation. But even knowing that my stepdad could wreck me, I still tested his ass a lot. Um, it's normal. It's normal men shit. It's dangerous and it's not healthy, but we do that shit. I really hope Grayson doesn't ever do that. It would, it, it would not only would it break my heart as a mother, like knowing that he feels that kind of anger and wants to step up like that. Yeah. It's also going to suck seeing his shit get wrecked. Yeah. Like I, I don't think he will. I think Grayson's got a different personality type, but you never know when kids become teenagers. It, right. it may revert to typical testosterone. Yeah. He's a very soft and gentle Right, boy. Now, yep. and he does gentleman shit. Like he helps you take the trash out. He opens doors for me and Sylvana. Like, yeah, I gotta be honest. It didn't happen with Anakin. Good. So it maybe that's just a maybe it's a my generation thing or like an environmental thing. It could be, you know, because he didn't grow up in an abusive situation. Right. Having see, this is this is why we do these. Are we having realizations yeah. right now? This yeah. is why we do this. It's amazing. Your perspective is your reality. So the mm-hmm. way that you've lived your life, you assume that's just everyone else's situation. Right. You know, I, I know that like I had a, a really effed up childhood mm-hmm. and um, it is what it is. Like I'm not scarred by it. I have, I have some trauma that I've worked through and some that I probably never will. But when I look back at my childhood, I'm not resentful for it. Right. Like it's I, formed it, who you are now. It's made me who I am. I don't know. Anyways, let's, let's get back to this because I'm curious to see if they throw down. Okay. His mother grabs me and moves me. I get away from her and continue to tell our son to stop and just go to his room and tell my boyfriend to quit. His mom then grabs me again and shoves me over to the side and then she starts to block me so that I can't get between my boyfriend and the child. I am trying to break this up and she has, she was making it worse. If I went one direction, she followed. She would shove me and block me any way she could. Neither our son nor my boyfriend could see anything. After about the second time of her putting her hands on me and blocking me from getting to them to break up what was going on, I shoved her as hard as I could and screamed at the top of my lungs, that is my fucking kid, you... (laughs) I got a little bit ahead of you and I was reading this. I'm going, oh, goosh. You stupid C-word. I will bloody... Your effing face if you don't effing move out of my way. That's intense. Both of the guys stopped 
My boyfriend grabbed me by the shoulders and says, go upstairs before you end up in the ER. I have a pacemaker and under stress or PTSDs, triggers will uh, have a seizure. Um, and both of them are aware of this. His mom then grabs our child by the arm and says, come on, let's go talk. You know, in, uh, so is this a regular occurrence? Like, are, is this just a very hostile environment? Because if I'm that 17 year old autistic kid and I just wanted to kill myself and I'm hearing everybody scream outside my bedroom door. Yeah. Thinking like, that the world is ending out there. Cause this is like, this is things are about to get thrown down on multiple levels. The dad and the son are about to fight. The right. Mom I just and heard my mom say I'm going to bloody your face. Like I wouldn't, you know, I, I gotta be honest in a situation like this. If I was that woman, I wouldn't have made a threat. The second time she put her hands on me or tried to block me, I'd have laid her the fuck out. Oh yeah. I would have knocked her out. Definitely. I told you once, don't put your hands on mm -hmm. me. You're going to do it again. There's consequences. I also think, I don't know, the 16-year-old and the boyfriend, like the boyfriend getting nose-to-nose -nose with this kid, now is not the time to be doing that shit. No, I agree. I would pull that 16-year-old aside and say, what's going on? Why are you looking at me like that? And if he doesn't elaborate, say, look, I know tensions are high right now. I feel like I don't have your attention because I can see you reading. No, I, I'm just, I, I'm processing... I, I don't understand why it became what it became. And I'm trying, I'm, I'm rereading that, that whole portion back because the dad got in the kid's face, the mom got in her face. There's no reason for any of this. There's not any information there to right. explain why this happened because the kid was just standing there staring at his, at the boyfriend. Right. This kid could be in shock. His brother just almost got Baker acted right. like. I, I, that's, that's what I was reading. I don't understand how it got, because it went from zero to 60 real fucking quick. Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand. I, I just don't get it. Normally there's threats made or there's shit talking. Like you don't just jump up and get in a kid's face because he's staring at you. Right. I, I don't know. I was trying to understand. I'm sorry. You have my undivided attention. I was trying. I just don't want to like assume shit in mm -hmm. this email. I was so mad. I was crying. My boyfriend followed me up to our room to make sure I was able to calm down and played with my hair. I then repeatedly told him to get that dumb out of this house and she will not be allowed back. She can keep her ass on the other side of the state line. So I, I don't know everything that has ha like transpired between the mother-in-law and we have said this woman's name multiple times. Well, you, yeah, well, you did uh, once, I think. Well, we didn't say it. Well, you said it once because you apologized to her. Yeah. But can you block that out? I, I, it I, out? I can. Oh, I'll have to watch the whole podcast. But yeah, if I if I catch it, I'll I'll cut the name. Okay. I understand that you don't like the mother-in-law. This is this man's mother. And and everything that all of her actions and such show that she is not a top-notch person continuously degrading this man's mother in front of him though, that's going to cause a lot of tension there within the relationship. It, it absolutely will cause tension, but he should have chose his woman over his mother way before it got to this point. I agree. Even now though. Wait, they're not married yet. They, that, that's, that's, that's something to remember. They're not actually married. Right. So maybe not because that's a marriage thing, not a relationship thing. That's one of those things that's earned when mm -hmm. a ring is on a finger and vows are, are, are you know, given. But I, I agree that she should he should she should be trying to be better. Right. Just because one person 
is below par doesn't mean you sink down to their right. level. I understand the frustrations and the wanting, then feeling the want to say these kinds of things about this woman. You can express a disdain without being vulgar. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Do they, um, did she specify whose house this actually is? Did she move in with him or did he and the kids move in with her? Because somebody moved an entire family in, in with the other person. If I'm recalling correctly, she moved in with him. Okay. It, it, it's, there was a lot of correspondence. I, I, I could be totally off with that, but she either had it or he told her, I am unsure. Anyway, she was later on the phone with him and she told him that I wouldn't be allowed to say whether she could be in this house as my name was not on the lease. Now I will not be telling her whether or not she could see her grandkids. She just means she means just his kids. When she wants to, that's only his call, not mine, as they aren't my kids. What's your opinion on that? Um, they're they're living married. They're mm-hmm. not married, but they're living married. So even if her name's not on the lease, like he needs to have her back. They're living as a married, they're as they are living as a married couple, even though they're not married. Mm -hmm. Um, I I feel like when you move in with somebody and you're, you're combining your families and you're playing that, that role, even if it's not a marriage situation yet, it needs to be as addressed as such. Right. I, you know, I, I wouldn't let somebody talk to my woman that way. Married or not, like I'm not, we're not doing this. You're going to, to, this is my home and you acting the way that you are towards my woman is disrespectful to me. Mm -hmm. So regardless of how people view the situation, the the son is being disrespected outright by his mom. Right. And that conversation Mm -hmm. needs to be had. The, um, the, the splitting the family thing I can understand too. She obviously hates the the daughter-in-law or Mm -hmm. the, the woman, um, this, this woman is obviously hated by the the mother-in-law which in return is is affecting the kids. Right. And that combined household is going mm-hmm. to be divided by the mother-in-law if this continues. Right. So you have to decide what's best for your family, not just the two of you, but the mm-hmm. kids as well, and that needs to be taken into consideration. Uh, this mother-in-law is a problem. Yeah. It, if, I, if I were this man, I would approach my mother and say, I understand something tragic happened with my family. Mm-hmm. I lost my wife. It... it Trust me, it's affecting me and my family much more than it's affecting you. And I understand you'd not like who I'm with now, but this is the person I'm choosing. Right. You cannot like this person, but still have a civil relationship with her if you want to be in my children's lives. If you're going to continue to disrespect her and say the things that you do in front of my kids, you're going to start tainting my family. Yeah, man, because the kids are going to see this and think that it's okay to treat her that way. Right. Because the 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 you know the oldest of the family, the elder of the family is, is doing this. The kids are going to be like, oh, well, if grandma can do it, I can do it. Right. I, this is, this is a, a toxic, toxic situation. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole lot of issues in all of this. <clears throat> and I'm sure that a lot more is going to get resolved as we read through this. But like... Mm-hmm. The mother-in-law is, is the issue in this entire scenario. And mm-hmm. obviously the dad losing his shit on the 16-year-old with us not having the information as to what was going on right there. That's a problem. I don't, I, I don't, I just don't understand. I don't understand mm-hmm. how this got to that point. Like it, it was just like they went from having a tragic evening to her trying to figure out dinner and like figure out what's going on. And now, now there's fucking combat and like it's people like are WWE. getting bloodied. And yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's, you know, we asked for a lot of information and I feel like she gave us what she thought was pertinent, but I mm-hmm. feel like there's missing information. Here. Right. I then reminded him that he told me when we first got together that if I didn't want someone over, it was my kingdom. I had the right to say so. And I didn't have to put up with anyone disrespecting me in my house. 
He said, no, you're right. I did say that. Christmas came around and I refused to go to her house and I was still mad and didn't want to ruin my kid's Christmas if I said something and we got to arguing and she threw us out. We would leave because of conflict or she would throw us out or we would leave because of conflict. So I stayed home on Christmas Eve and wrapped gifts. Our daughters came home picking fun at me, picking fun about me having to shower with my what? Our daughter came home picking fun about me. Having to shower with my man, they didn't know it was because I have seizures and pass out, but she was repeating, oh, honey, come on, let's shower. I can't shower without you because I'm a big baby instead of a grown woman. I asked her where she learned that, and she told me that her grandma was saying it on Christmas at her house. Why didn't the dad stop this? I turned and looked at him and said, are you kidding me right now? He looked at me confused, and I had her repeat what she heard and said to him. I asked her if she knew why I didn't shower alone. She said no, so I explained to her why. So she explains that she's only repeating it, what she's, he- what she's hearing, so she can't be mad at the daughter. This is exactly what I just said would right. happen. He told me to confront his mom. I told him, no, I wasn't raised to be disrespectful. I don't like conflict. He said he can only say and do so much. No, bullshit, dude. Bullshit. I would cut that mother-in-law out of my life. That dude is a coward. He is. Unacceptable. This um this is this is why we don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> it's infuriating. It is. There is now a child. This is a child. Mm-hmm. Who is now coming home and making fun of her mother over a medical condition because she doesn't have the information. Because dad's mom is saying this shit on right. Christmas Eve. What a foul woman. Yep, she's the problem. Said it a minute ago. <laughs> and this is exactly what I said would happen before we got further in this email. He told me to confront his mom. That is not her no, job. No, not at all. That's your a phone family call. is your responsibility. That's a phone call that happens as soon as this unfolds. You pick that phone up and you call her immediately and be like, hey, what did you say to my daughter? Right. What, you want to you you repeat that to me so that right. I can make sure that I understand what kind of nonsense you're spewing? You guys don't owe your family anything. Absolutely nothing. The, and if, even if it's thrown in your face, well, I, I paid, there was a roof over your head and... You were provided food, right? Those are the basic things that you have to provide when you decide to have a child. You cannot hold that over my head as an adult. It doesn't matter anyways. The things that you do when, you know, you can't, it it doesn't balance. Like the the basic needs don't balance the way that you treat people. Mm -hmm. You, you know, your blood relatives, the DNA that you share with somebody doesn't fucking mean anything. Right. Your family are the ones who treat you with loyalty and respect and honor. And like, those are the ones that you want to be involved with. I wouldn't, I would have, I wouldn't have let my kids go over there if I was this woman. I got to be honest. I would have told my husband like, Hey, it's, it's, it's Christmas Eve. Right. Like we have to do Santa stuff. We need to, to wrap gifts still. Like there's a lot of shit that needs to be taken care of here. We need to stay home. And, and, and I would have, I wouldn't have let my kids go over there now, especially now my kids ain't going over there, bro. No. If if this were me and my soon to be husband allowed this to happen, I would very strongly reevaluate that engagement. Yeah. Yep. Saying he can only say and do so much. That's a bitch ass excuse. And I want to, I want to, I want to add on to this before continuing. She has sent multiple uh, messages on Instagram and they're implementing things. And she says things are getting better. Christmas was a week ago. It was like three weeks ago at this point, two weeks ago. Let's see. 
Today's the 8th. So, yeah, it's two weeks. I need to blow my nose. Okay. <sighs> yeah, Christmas was two weeks ago. This is very fresh and happening. I, I, I truly hope that you don't think that the mother-in-law is the only issue in this. Yeah, no, it's not. Right. Your, your man not standing up for you when... That's a problem. Yep. Tell him, babe, it's a problem. It is. And I'm not, I'm not negating the work you say that is happening and the improvements that are going on. If in a week, with everything you guys are working on, a situation like this happens again and he bows to his mother, he is not working hard enough. I agree. He is not trying hard enough to make you a priority. You're going to be his wife, dude. Dude, you were looking at me when you said it. <laughs> I was referring to I know, her. I know. <laughs> you know I correct myself I when know. I'm talking I, to you. You don't call me dude anyways. You call me bro. I do call you bro. <laughs> it's because I get excited about things. I'm like, oh my God, bro, look at this. I'm like, wait, that's just not my bro. That's my babe. <laughs> <laughs> well, for Christmas, she got me nothing and bought for him what I told her I was going to take. What I was going to... Please proofread, guys. <laughs> it is very hard for me in the moment to try and autocorrect. <laughs> well, for Christmas, she got me nothing. Did you get her anything? I feel like that. Were you expecting something? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And bought for him what I told her I was going to take the kids shopping for and have them pick out which it shouldn't be a big deal. Oh my goodness. I think that this Christmas was last year. I don't think that was this Christmas that just passed because there's, I just saw a part in here where it says Oh, fast she said forward. fast forward to 2022. Yeah. So this must've been last oh year. Oh my God. I really, really hope that this has changed then. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a year ago. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We actually know that because she said that the mother-in-law wasn't allowed in the house for a year. At the beginning of the email, we both missed that. I yeah. mean, like we we caught it because we, you know, we actually read it. I read it, and you read it. Like, so I know that that's a thing. But it's hard. It's hard to keep up with everything that's going on in these emails. It is. I was going to take the kids shopping for and have them pick out which it shouldn't be a big deal, but I felt at that point she was doing it to hurt me or teach me a lesson. Oh yeah, she definitely went out of her way. Yeah, that was spite. Yeah. She did that as a manipulation tactic. I, mm. I stuck to my guns about not allowing her to be at the house. The kids could see her at her house. And if he wanted to see her, he could go over there as well. Good. Yep. <laughs> Shouldn't let negative energy into your home, bro. Yeah. Babe. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't been to her house in close to a year as of now. So he, he is making the decision to pick her over Good. the mother-in-law. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Like everything that this woman is doing for his kids and keeping his ex-wife. Well, it's not really an ex-wife, but right. the wife that passed away. Like this woman's a saint. You should treat her with the worth that she has. Fast forward to Mother's Day of 2022. 
He took me to a couple's hotel for the weekend and I didn't remind him to wish her happy Mother's Day or to call her. It's not your job. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your job to remind him. <laughs> no, it's not. She was so mad. On Mother's Day, while we were on our way home from this getaway, I got a call telling me that the 11-year-old wanted to go live with his dad, who was fresh out of prison. I wasn't happy, but it was what it was. I told him to pack his things and get ready to go if that's what he wanted, because according to the custody order, I only had custody until his father was released. He isn't my biological child, child and bio mom lost her rights. So fast forward to a conversation. Wait, wait, wait. So she's got a kid that's not actually even hers. Right. She's trying to keep the widowed, uh, the uh, deceased wife's... Mem- Dude, wow. Yeah. Okay. You know, there are good people out there. Right. There, there, there genuinely are good yeah. people that just want the best and like are trying to do the right thing because mm-hmm. it's the right thing. And like, that's it. Right. She's, she's trying to do the right thing in a lot of this. The more that we read into this and the more that she elaborates on things... I feel really bad that all of that shit has happened in her relationship. Yeah. Like going out of your way to do the right thing for other people, but not having somebody do that for you. That sucks. Can you imagine you and I going on away for a couple's weekend and like, like having an intimate, no kids, just dating like that, that new like honeymoon feeling. Cause right. you're out of town away from everyone. And, and like, there's a closeness when you go on vacations like mm-hmm. that. You, it's just the two of you, you right. know what I mean? It's like you're, and you're experiencing new things. Together. Right. And it's exciting yeah. all over again, only to come home. Are you doing the funky chicken over there? No, like I don't know what's going on, but this muscle right here is cramping. Did it really look like that's what I was. I totally forget that people can perceive me. Like I'm holding it cause I can feel it. And you're going, and I'm because I go like this and it tightens and it starts to spasm right here. But when I bring it down, it stops. But that also hurts. <laughs> so I'm trying. Anyway, so, so you go on this amazing vacation only to get a phone call on your way home that the kid that you've been raising all this time decides that they no longer want to live there and they're just going to move. Talk about like going from one extreme to another. Right. That's heartbreaking. It too. is. Especially when you've been playing mom and they've been treating you as such this entire time. Right. I also imagine that's one of those moments where you're like, damn, like no matter what I do, they're always going to want. Right. Cause it's an 11 year old. They're still a child. Like in my mind, there's really no difference between, I mean, there is obviously there is, this is very an illogical thought process, but the emotional needs of like a six year old and the right. emotional needs of 11 year old, they're still pretty close. Yeah. You know, of course they have more intelligence than a six year old. They have four more years of learning and experiences and comprehension right. going on. But it's that I want my dad. I don't know. That must've really sucked to hear. Fast forward to a conversation about what is going on with a court case with his wife's parents and wanting visitations. She was mad because she could not call a lawyer and ask questions. She got a, she called me all mad about it and said, well, that is my boyfriend's lawyer, not yours. She asked me why I got to go and she couldn't. I said, because he gave me, because he gave them permission to speak to me. Right. She was so livid. She took time off work to go to the hearing and it was rescheduled. She then said, I just want to smile on their faces when they lose. I didn't say a word. I let it go at that point. Okay. Who is this? This is not the mother-in-law. Who is, who is this? I think this is the bio mom. Okay. With the wife's parents. Oh, wait, is this, is this the, the dead wife's parents? Because it says with the wife's parents. 
wanting visitation. She mm-hmm. was mad because she couldn't. Oh, I think it was the wife's parents. What? Who? What wife? Who? The dead wife. So fast forward to a conversation about what is going on with a court case with his wife's parents wanting visitations. I think that it's... Oh, so this is just totally separate from the 11-year-old. Right. Okay. Wanting visitations. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. She said, I backed off. I don't think I should have to ask you if I can have my grandkids because they are my grandkids, not your kids. They come from the child I gave birth to. Where is that even at? It's one more sentence down. Dude, we're a fucking mess. <laughs> you just skipped over a, a bunch of sentences to get to that one, yeah, though. It's still there. Right. My screen is much bigger than yours. <laughs> I, I just want to touch on, I, I find it so infuriating when people get upset at somebody that has no influence in a situation. Right. <clears throat> That's just jealousy at that point. You're getting infuriated because you're jealous that somebody else has access that you don't. Right. But that person can't control whether or not they have the access. Here's, here's the real question. Husband's got a lawyer mm-hmm. or her man has a lawyer. Right. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Which means he obviously doesn't want the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you don't just hire a lawyer to hire a lawyer. They're yeah. not cheap. I, I don't think that I've ever sat down with a lawyer for less than $3,000. Right. That's a lie. I had a document, a single page document drawn up once for 1700 bucks. It was one page. Yeah. Yep. I still said nothing and just ended the conversation. Yes, he heard this. June of 2022, we are having our daughter's birthday at a splash pad here in town. He was working six days a week, anywhere from 60 to 80 hours a week. He came home to take a nap and I let him rest. I just packed up the kids. I went to set things up for the party, although I am sure he would have loved being there. I also knew he was tired. That makes you a good wife. Yeah. I know they're not married, but that that's... That's wife shit. That is definitely wife shit. Like you could have gotten pissy. It's our daughter's birthday. Why aren't you coming? Get over your exhaustion. Like you understand this man's working hard. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm really glad this man's stepping his game up. I I am too, because I got to be honest in the beginning of this, I thought she was going to be shitting on him the whole time. And it doesn't seem like that's the case. It sounds like there's a lot of outside influence. It's Mm -hmm. ruining her life. Well, and that's probably an an over-exaggeration because her life's not ruined. She's doing the damn thing and she's doing it well. I set things up and she opened her gifts and his mom was sitting at the table, bad mouthing him in front of our kids. Why was she invited to the party? I, I understand people feel an obligation because, well, it's my mom. It's their grandma. I, I understand that family obligation. The only people that will demonize you for not inviting a family member are the people in that same family who right. go along with the toxic bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find it hilarious that the black sheep of the family are sometimes labeled that because they go against the toxic norms within that family. Yeah. Nobody owes you a fucking thing in right. life. You don't deserve anything. You need to earn every every step of the way has to be earned. And the moment you start doing things to disrupt people's happiness and their peace and start messing with their families, you're removed. It, it's not, it, it's mm-hmm. not hard. It's really not. I would have told her to leave. Yeah. Or we would have packed up the party and we would have gone somewhere else. I would have told her flat out, like, if you're going to come to this event, you're mm-hmm. going to be on your P's and Q's. And if not, you will never be invited to another event, period. Right. And I'd have stuck to that shit. I feel bad for these kids. Me too. Like, I, I growing up, I heard a lot of adult conversations as a child. Right. 
and those adult conversations influenced the way that I thought at those age brackets. Yeah, absolutely does. And it's something that weighs on a child that a child shouldn't even have to try to figure out to cope with. And you got to keep in mind too, that they can only understand so much. Right. Autistic kids, young kids, you know, in their twenties, like Mm -hmm. you only can only understand your life experiences. Right. I am. I got to be honest. There's, there's a lot in all of this and, the kid thing is is the hardest part in all of this for me. Yeah. Because you, you've already got one that's starting to harm himself. You have mm-hmm. one that's autistic. You have one that just tried to fight the dad. Right. And and then you got the kids being manipulated by the mother-in-law mm-hmm. saying some really hurtful shit because they don't understand. Right. Like, I, I can't... I mean, I can because I've heard shit like this as a child. But, like, as a seven-year-old, why is grandma talking so bad about my dad? Right. Like, I think my dad's a good dude. Is my dad not a good dude? Why right. would my grandma say these things? Yeah. And even even in the event that she's not talking directly to the kids, saying it in the vicinity, we call it dry snitching. Because you're, you're saying shit loud enough for somebody else to hear it, hoping right. that there's going to be some kind of an outcome. And um, kids hear and see way more than we, we like to believe. And we know that because mm-hmm. we were kids and we saw and heard a lot more than we should have. Right. And we tend to forget that. We think that we're, you know... Oh, little, I'm constantly aware of it. A little more sneaky or a little bit more careful, which mm-hmm. is why we, we don't have any type of real stressful conversations in front of our three and four year old, right. you know, we will have those conversations in front of them as they get older mm-hmm. and then explain to them how to work through it. Right. It's like teaching somebody to play chess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's the scenario. How do we get better with this? Right. And those conversations are going to help them understand versus just hearing and assuming shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I have a real big problem with this mother-in-law. Me too. I hope she falls and breaks her hip. If I were this person, if I were this woman and my mother-in-law fell and broke her hip and she did all of this bullshit, she called me for help one day. I'd be like, oh. You don't have one of those things to push the button? Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Well, you're stuck. Bet you regret having <laughs> my seven-year-old come and make fun of me because I have seizures in the yeah. shower now, don't you? Yeah. Oh, now now who needs help yeah. taking a shower? Right? <laughs> Petty oh. spaghetti in the house. Aren't you a grown woman? You can't shower by yourself? Oh, you have a medical need? Hmm. Would Damn. you look at that? We are petty as fuck. Oh, <laughs> I follow. I follow. Um, Swoop. Her name is Swoop on YouTube, and her whole thing is like Petty University. Yeah. I want to get a sweater. She has a clothing line that says Petty University on it, and I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I. I love being petty to people who never get that pettiness back. One of the adults had a B-Day party for his wife the night before, and we brought beer, and it wasn't drank, so they returned it to us at the B-Day party as it was not open. She then made some shitty comments while I was putting it in my vehicle and cleaning up the park about how that's why he isn't here. He was up all night drinking. (laughs) What you doing? Um, I want to see what you were talking about because I missed what... Okay, so what I was doing is I, I just typed in the Petty University thing so that I could buy you a sweater. But I, I missed what you said, and I thought I heard you say that they were drinking at the child's birthday party. No, they weren't. Okay. So um, I guess one of the... <laughs> Couldn't just let me be slick and like try to do something, right? Yeah, fucking <laughs> call me on it. <laughs> well, if you find what you're looking for, there's like a pastel pink one. I didn't see a pink one, but I, I've already found it. I just, that's what that typing was just oh. now, so that I can have the window open so that I don't forget because I know my brain, I will yeah. forget. I like smalls. I know. Mm-hmm. I know what size you wear. Oh my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time buying things for myself because I feel like when I spend money on me, it's just frivolous and 
Want to have a conversation about that book? About the book? The book, The Surrendered Wife. Right now? Real quick, because of what you just said. Okay. She actually states in there that when women let go of their finances and let the man handle it, mm-hmm. women are more apt to save and like you will not buy new shoes or a new whatever because what you have still works. Mm-hmm. And when men take care of the finances, they are more likely to ask for raises because they know the money that's going in and out. They have a direct correlation with the money because it's, you know, they're handling it. Right. Um, she also said that you are, um, as a man, uh, are more likely to do frivolous spending frivolous spending. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I have a hard time with that word. Um, because we know the money that's coming in. We know the bills that are paid and we know that if there's extra money there, we can be like, here, here's some money because you wanted a new dress or here's some money because you want that hoodie or, and we're more apt to allow extra spending where women are not like that mm. because men want to provide and it makes us feel like we are providing and, and like giving you that lavish life because we are in control of finances. So where you would be like, I have a hard time buying shit. I'm like, I'm fucking buying her a pink hoodie. Like, yeah. and that's exactly what just happened. And I control the finance. Right. I'm telling you one hour of reading. I know that you don't like the audible thing. Mm-hmm. Like the way that I do that fucking book has value. I pulled over on 75 and was taking notes yeah. while I was driving, listening to that. Yeah. I, I need to have the book in front of me. Yeah. If I'm listening to something and my eyes can focus on something else, I'm tuning out what I'm hearing. Yeah. Jordan B. Peterson said that when you read those books, you should only read for 25 to 30 minutes and you should be interactive, underlining, highlighting, mm-hmm. making notes. Yeah, I like to highlight. And now that I, I mean, I did that with Sovereignty mm-hmm. uh, from Ryan Mickler. So now that I know that I will probably, I'm still going to audible because it allows me to listen while driving, but I am cutting it to 30 minutes at a time. So mm-hmm. I'll do 30 minutes and then I'll reflect on what I read for 15, 20 minutes and then I'll turn it back on. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll get the book too. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it would be worth it having a copy. Yeah. I was thinking about going to books a million and seeing if they had it either today or tomorrow. I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, we're an hour and 45 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like we're going over two hours. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll call it on this email. We don't have to do more. Yeah. So one of the adults had a birthday party for his wife. They had beer that was unopened. So they brought it and she was putting it in her car okay. at the birthday party. So they weren't drinking. Okay. But the mother-in-law made a comment about, well, that's why he's not here. He was up drinking all night. The older daughter said he actually doesn't drink that often. Maybe once in a while when we were home, I came back to the table and asked what was going on because his mom then said, well, nobody was talking to you, but you'd think growing up with an abusive drunk father, he wouldn't want to touch a drop of it. I ignored her behavior, sent all the kids to the car. No, I would have called her on that shit. Yeah, I would have too. Don't speak to my children that way. I understand the want to be passive and not make waves and kind of just let it ride for the sake of the peace in front of the children, but letting it ride is allowing your kids to view that as something that's okay to get from somebody else in their life. But you got to think about the attitude that grandma just threw at her when she walked to the table and was like, what's going on? She said, well, nobody was talking to you. She was talking to the, the person writing the email when she said that and then continued to bash the dad. I, I don't... Oh, I thought she was saying that to the oldest daughter because the daughter chimed in about how he doesn't drink. No. She said, um, uh, where was it? Um, All right, I'm looking I, at it. She I, said I, nobody I came, was talking to you. I came back to the table and asked what was going on because his mom then said, oh, okay, yeah, I misread that. Okay. Yep. I proceeded to get the cupcake ready to... I proceeded to get the cupcakes ready to stop at their mom's site to have cake with mom. 
I called him over and over, but he was still asleep. We got home and our oldest daughter went straight upstairs to talk to him, but he was already on the phone with his mom. She was already rewording what she said and telling him before anyone else tells you this, this is what I said. I was shaking my head no matter. I was shaking my head the whole time. So our daughters who were both right there the whole time waited until he was off the phone with her and told their side, which also matched up with mine and other adults story that was there. What was supposed to be a child's birthday party is now a game of who said what? Yeah, he said, she said. And now all of these other people who are even part of this family are chiming in and saying, yeah, this is what happened. You know, as a man who has this going on in his life, you know how exhausting this has got to be for him. Oh, I bet. I feel like, bad for him. Like you're having, and it's his mom. It, and his mom, his woman, his two daughters. It sounds like it's all the children at this point. Like all of the children are involved in this. And now there's outside people who are seeing that your home life is a fucking mess and commenting on yeah. it. Damn, I didn't even think about the public perception of all of that. That's a big deal to me. Like yeah. your reputation fucking matters. Oh in my life. God. You know, there are, are moments now where I like see something on the internet or I hear something out in public. I'm like, damn, bro, that's how you live your fucking life. People are looking at this family and saying, damn, that's like, that's how they live their life. This is this is a mess, dude. You know, I, I take a lot of pride in, even though I forget that people can perceive me as a whole ass human pe- being, I take pride in being a good person and honorable and staying to my word and helping however mm-hmm. I can help. I do goofy shit. Yeah. But the goofy shit I do affects nobody. You know, you'll get a laugh out of it. Yeah. But it's nothing negative. If it got back <clears throat> to me, like, you know, X, Y, and Z happen. Like if, if something in my life negative got out and other people could perceive that and it got back to me, I'd be like, damn, like now people have that negative connotation about me, even if it's true. Right. Negative things happen in life. I've done things that I'm not proud of and I know that that's out there, but now being who I am, I can prevent those kind of things from happening. Right. You grow. Right. So now if I slipped up and I fell back into my toxic ways, I, I was never proud to be that person. Right. Like in this scenario, I would not proud to be in this. And like it's not, it's not simple, but it's as simple as cutting the mother-in-law out of the life, bro. Like, yeah. The amount of the, um, bro, the amount, sorry, babe. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of shit that we get in emails, I gotta be honest, this is not that bad. Like we get a lot of like really, bad bickering between people like between the 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 husband and wife and like the cheating and all of the shit all the shit that that goes on a lot of this is outside influence wrecking your house get your house in order right and you know she's handling it in a very passive way i don't know the mother-in-law i'm knowing it from an extent of an email right but this passive approach could be the only way to keep it from worsening. No, you cut that. You, you cut, if you, if you got a, a big chunk of meat and there's a piece on it that's right. starting to spoil, you cut that shit off. It's not her choice to do that though. It's his. That's the point. Be like, you want me to stay and you want me to be married. You got a fucking right. choice to make. You can, you can either be with your mother or you can be with me mm-hmm. and it needs to be presented that way because this woman is manipulating situations and right. she knew she fucked up because she called him before they even got home trying to diffuse the situation. Mm-hmm. 
Now, could you imagine what would have happened if she would have hung the phone up before the wife got there and he had been mad over something that happened because of what she said and mm-hmm. there wasn't somebody there to defend her and like back up the story? It would have been her word against his mother's mm-hmm. and like that would have been a shitty scenario in itself. Right. This this is a mess, dude. This is a mess. He decided then that he was done with her bullshit. This isn't the first time and never lasts long. So he decided that he wanted his wife's things out of the china cabinet, her keys and the tank lock to her bike, as well as her wedding dress that was that she was storing for him. She cried and she honestly treated his wife the same as she does me, if not worse. So I don't understand why. It's it's manipulation. The crybaby bullshit. It's manipulation. I'm, I'm so confused. He decided he was done with her bullshit. So he decided that he wanted his wife's things out of the china cabinet, as well as her wedding dress that she was storing from. Oh, out of his mom's china cabinet. Okay. And she was crying. This is this is full manipulation. Oh, yeah, this is full on. I want to control this situation and she's not doing a very good job at it. The next child's birthday came in July. And he was at this party. So was she. And he refused to speak to her. And just like normal, when they fight, she will text me and call me and talk to me every other day. But any other time, she barely speaks to me. I can't forgive her. I would have blocked her number by now. Yeah. Like, there is no need for you to contact me. You're talking shit about me to my children. You're talking shit about me to my man. Yeah. Like, you can communicate with your husband in regards to the children. You don't have to talk to me. I can't forgive her. My father-in-law-to-be is in Texas. We live in Indiana, so we don't see him, and our kids only know him via video chat and phone calls. He has a medical conditions. He has medical conditions, and he's a retired vet in his 70s, so they cope by drinking in that generation, which isn't an excuse. That is what we ha- that, that's what we have explained to our kids, and th- how that is not... We have explained to our kids and how that is not how he is now, but to learn from it and that it is not healthy it is not a healthy way to cope with pain and loss. She continues to cross these boundaries and just doesn't seem to care. Nothing changes. It is that same song and dance on repeat with her and it drives me up a wall. When we started to make wedding plans, she said, my only request is to be seated by my son. He is actually going to seat the three kids he has with his wife in the front row with a picture of their mom that they picked out. And our youngest will be wearing a dress with boots that match daddy's. And the older two are going to be wearing the same suits as their dad because that is what they wanted. And that is what he and I want. Ooh, I hope y'all stick to your guns and make this wedding about you. Do not let her influence what you guys are doing. They're putting a picture of the, the deceased wife on a table. Right next to the kids. That's wild. I love that. Like, God forbid something happens to me and I pass away. You know, the kids aren't going to be a part of your life anymore. But I but I hope that if you find somebody else, that they respect what you and I had. And if you want to talk to me, they don't just shit on me because they right. didn't know me. You know, like, I, I hope that person would be willing to have those conversations with you. That's that's just a big deal. Like it she's is. really doing a lot for these kids in terms of that because the wedding is supposed to be the woman's special day. Right. And I, you know, and I got shit on the last time I said that on TikTok because people were like, oh, you just speak for all men now. 
Men don't care about weddings like women care about weddings. We it, we care about it. We do. It's just yeah. not to the same extent. Like mm-hmm. we don't live our entire life waiting for that special fucking day. Right. Men don't plan their wedding day starting at seven years old. Right. You know, it's not. Some, I mean, some men do. I'm not going to say all men. Some men do. Right. There are some men who want to have like a super <clears throat> extravagant wedding and make sure they can provide everything they can. I, I I'm I'm got I got to be honest. I'm kind of shocked that she was even invited to the wedding. With everything that's gone on in, in the malice and how spiteful she is, I wouldn't have invited her to the wedding. I feel like it's pure obligation on the son's Fuck part. Fuck that, like, dude. No. It, and it's a weak mindset. And nobody wants to tell... No one wants to be told that their mindset is weak. Have Allowing your mother to walk all over you the way you that he has and allowing her to walk on the relationship that the way she has. At this point, I think it's pure obligation and just trying to placate the scenario or whatever is going on. Where is your dignity and self-respect in all of this? Like, at what point do you not look in, in the mirror and be like, damn, I, I'm kind of a bitch. And, like, I don't mean that in a disrespectful manner to him, but, like, there needs to be some some self-perspective uh, pers- uh, or mm-hmm. re- re- retrospective. Like, yeah, the, something. Like, bro, your your mother is destroying your relationship with the woman that you're going to marry, and it's making generational trauma with yeah. your kids and like you obviously have some fucking mommy issues mm-hmm. so she did it to you your entire life and as a man you need to realize what is going on and stop it so that it doesn't happen to the kids and grandkids i love that you said that she is continuing the generational trauma because that's exactly what she's doing Yeah, absolutely you know like i i imagine her childhood was not the best because oh, of the way I'm, that she behaves i am sure it wasn't and because of how she is as a person the father's childhood was probably shit and it sounds like this woman and her man are really trying their best to provide a safe place for their children. And a loving one. Right. Like truly loving. Like This man is allowing his mother to do the same thing to his children that she did to him. Yep. That she's continuing to do to him. Unacceptable. When I asked her to go dress shopping with me for her dress and have lunch, she said I offended her by telling her that there was a layaway program at the bridal shop where I was getting my dress that is what I had to do with my dress. Oh my God. She got offended by this woman saying that there's an option to lay away. Some dresses cost thousands of dollars. Oh, I, I'm aware. A lot of people don't have $3,000 to drop on a dress. So if I'm out shopping and someone was like, they have a layaway option, I'd be like, oh, dope. That's good to know. Like just in case, say I walk in with a $3,000 budget, but I fall in love with a $6,000 dress. Yeah. That layaway is going to be dope. Like I'd put that $3,000 down and just pay whatever remainder. About the fact that she asked the mother-in-law to go dress shopping with her in the first place. Right. Like even then that's like, you've done all of this shit to me, but this is my wedding day and I want you to be a part of it. So I offended her and wanted him and I, oh, (laughs) she told him I offended her and wanted him and I to pay for her dress. Wait a minute. What? She just said that she needed to lay... Okay. The mother-in-law is saying that you guys need to pay for my dress to attend your wedding. She just said that she had to lay away her own dress. Right. Get out of here with that. Oh, you don't have the money for the dress? I'm sorry. That just means you can't come. Right. Oh, it's tragic. Go to the Goodwill. Go somewhere (laughs) else. Just go. (laughs) I I don't... I'm really getting to that point in my mentality to where... If somebody wants to speak to me the way that this mother-in-law is speaking to this woman, your words are not going to do anything either more. You're either going to square up or you're going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Get them, babe. Like, 
<laughs> if you really have that much animosity towards me and you want to talk shit to me to my children, we can fight about it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Like that, that scene in Yellowstone where Beth takes that hippie chick outside and just wrecks her shit. <laughs> I loved that. And then she oh. helped her up off the ground. They shook hands and said, okay, now we're done with this. Yeah. Because you know what's going to happen if you keep your shit up. Yeah. Like, oh, I hate society nowadays. Violence isn't always the right answer, but it is definitely an answer. Sometimes it's a question. <laughs> the answer is yes. Oh, you know, I, I, read, I saw something the other day that said mutual combat in Texas is still allowed. Oh, I love that. That if two people want to fight, as long as it doesn't become aggravated assault, you can throw down in front of a police officer and they won't get involved. Hell yeah. We need that everywhere. I love Fucking that. Fucking Texas, man. Everything's bigger in Texas. It is. Including your ego. Like, that's, <laughs> like you, you know, there's a real threat of violence in Texas at that right. aspect. So, like, if you really want to get gangster about it, know that, like, yeah. we can do that. Right. I would fly somebody out to Texas just for that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you, you want, you to, really want to go, let's go to Texas. Right. It'd be cheaper to just get into a ring. <laughs> but like, if you want to continually degrade me, but you're not giving me anything that I can actually work on, let's just fight. That's a threat right there. Meet me in Texas, bitch. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I don't care how old I'm this woman is the mother-in-law, right? I don't care how old you are. These hands are for everybody. Rated E for everyone. Like, let's go. You're a, uh, the, the rapid strap that you got for your camera that Amy paid for half mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. is out for delivery. Oh, yay. It'll be here, it'll be here between 4.30 and 7.30. Hopefully it's here at 4.30 and we can go take some sunset photos. We have dinner. I know. Life. Then our 11-year-old went to our house and was grounded from being on technology. He could watch TV. He just couldn't pick anything. I told her this. I told her this. She let him do it anyway. Oh, and when he told on himself, she said, oh, I misunderstood. I cannot stand grandparents that overstep boundaries set by parents. Yep. Oh. Everything about this mother-in-law, bro. Da babe. Dude. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> Homie. Bro. Mm. Dude. I'm also, I'm getting infuriated, yeah. so I can't. Bro applies to I, everybody. I don't understand. I mean, at this point, I don't really understand what we're really reading, like the point of this, because mm. so far there's not been any questions that we can really address. I feel like we're watching an episode of Jerry Springer. I concur. That, Bro, pe people's lives are a mess. They really I are. I am so grateful that I've removed all of this type of shit from my life. And like... This is why I don't have friends. Yeah. This is why I have a very small circle of people that I communicate with. I literally call my mom and my sister. Every once in a while, I'll message like the boyfriend group. Yeah. And to clarify, the boyfriend group is just a bunch of females. We just call ourselves boyfriends yeah. because I said it wants to be funny and it stuck. But even then, we hung out for the first time on like Saturday night, I think it was. That's the first time in like four months we've all hung out. I... It's just a lot. I'm not a people person. And the fact that she said, oh, I misunderstood. Bitch, no, you didn't. Yeah, no, that was intentional. <laughs> you can't play stupid. So I texted her and told her that when the kids are grounded, they won't be going to her house because she can't seem to follow what she is told. And she needed to stop questioning the kids about what goes on in her home or she won't have them. She proceeded to tell me again that they aren't my kids and I won't tell her when she can and can't have her grandkids. She then asked about an event that we are going 
to trunk or treating with other grandparents. I told her, no, she can't attend, nor could she have them because we had those plans. A trunk or treat at the UAW where their mom was a part of. She wanted to go and get them the night before and just bring them to the event, stay for the event, and then take the kids back with her. I told her no, because until she can be nice to the other grandparents and act like she has some manners, then no. And that is for all of them to work out, not he and I. She proceeded to tell me she could play nice. She has yet to physically demonstrate that, though. Yeah. She just had to treat this old woman like a fucking child. Right. (laughs) Until you can play nice, you're going to go sit in your room. Right. I told her no, and she proceeded to question me and ask me why, so I hung up the phone. You literally just told her why. I would have hung up the phone, too. I'm just guessing a general age, right? Grandparents are typically between 60 and 70. Oh, easy with that, killer. I'm a grandparent. I'm only in my 40s. Right, but your grandchild's like two. No, but I'm not in my 60s or 70s. No, you're not. But there's a 17-year-old child. Oh, wait, that's not even her kid. Yeah. You're right. Come on now. Fuck. All right, let's say... I'm old. Stop it. Let's say she's in her 50s, (laughs) right? This is a 50-year-old going Uh, on 14. Yeah. You just made me feel so old. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking that there's almost a 20-year-old. Yeah. To have a 20-year-old, you have to at least be in your 40s. Mm-hmm. You know, and if a dude's in his 40s, the mother's probably in her 60s. Yeah, I guess so. Do you I'm, feel a little bit better with my thought I, well, process? Well, I mean, I'm 42. My right. daughter's in her 20s. How old's your mom? Fuck. Um, in her 60s. No, she's... Uh, what did I say? I was 42. She's, she's almost 60. She's 59. So 60. Yeah. She's 17 years older than me. I don't know. I can't. And she's a grandmother. I don't even. You're right. Yeah. She'd be 59 if she's 17 years older than you. Yep. My dad's in his seventies. So now me talking that out, do you feel a little bit better? I mean, I was just giving you a hard time anyways. Trying to bring some comedic relief to the fact that this email is drama. Drama. I don't even know this this mother-in-law, and I want to fight her for this woman. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know how in, like, medieval times, that's my champion? I'll be this woman's champion. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Game of Thrones it? Oh, yeah. Then suddenly, when the other grandparents are granted two weekends a month, she wants a weekend, too. And she says she wants to come to events. And what about her? I finally snapped and said, in the eyes of the court system, you didn't lose your child. So you don't get a weekend. You get to see them when we have them. That pissed her off and I didn't care. Good. Piss her off. I, I am all about being petty in an intelligent way. <laughs> like be, be petty, but be emotionally mature about it. Yeah. You know, don't call her a dumb bitch. Just say, I see that you lack the intelligence to carry on this conversation. Yeah. So, so just do it in a way that you're like, damn, like right. I had to really think about what you just said. To me. <laughs> it's impactful. We had to sit down with her because she kept saying that he was telling her that they only got one week in a month, which is what we agreed to, but that isn't what their lawyer typed up or what the judge signed. However, it is just something to follow when two parties can't get along and need something to go by. So far, we've gone by what the kids want with them, and it has been working. I told her that we aren't going, that we weren't going to invite any grandparents to any events because they didn't care before when it was just the older two doing stuff. Now that the oldest two girls, 
are doing stuff together. They want to come to everything. And they are only there for his and his wife's daughter, not our oldest one. That is mine. You either support all of us or none of us. Yeah, blended family. Mm-hmm. Then the kids get phones and she wants their numbers. I told her no. We decided that if she wanted to talk to them to call our phones. And she went to him about ask and she went about it asking him. I love that you do not want your kids having the, her phone number. Right. You don't know what she could be texting them. You know that that this grandparents' right thing, whatever state that they're in, mm-hmm. that's not in every state. Right. So like your grandparents don't have a right to be a part of your lives like that. Mm-hmm. So and I know that in some states that's a thing, but I, I you know, it might be worth looking in to see if that's even a thing because you could flat out be like, Hey, you want to keep pushing. You don't have a right to shit. Right. I have had enough and don't know how else to get him to see that she is the issue now. Show him this podcast. Yeah, show him the email <laughs> that you just sent us. Like if if her man watches this and he gets super pissed off about what we were saying. Oh, he will. Right. He is. He's definitely going to get pissed off about what we were saying. This is an outside perspective on what is going on in your life. Yep. You are living this daily. If he watches this, I'm going to ask him in 10 years, do you still want to be fighting this fight with your mother? Right. Damn, babe. In 10 years, do you still want to be having these arguments with your wife about your mother? That's not worth it to me. The happiness in my home is not worth a toxic relationship with a relative. Preach. (laughs) You don't, you don't need to go through that. You're making a decision to live this hectic, crazy, nonsensical life. You don't have to do that. You can very much just be like, all right, I'm done with the situation. Y'all are either going to act right or you're going to step out. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. I don't have to accommodate this. Yeah. It goes back to what I was saying earlier with the the arguing with the people on TikTok. I don't have to engage with you. Mm -hmm. I don't owe you anything. Right. I, I don't know, man. And I, I'm sure he, if he sees this 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 podcast, he's going to be offended by some of the shit that I said. Right. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that little bit of embarrassment and pain is what is necessary for us to truly do the work on ourselves to see what's going on. I've been there. Right. I've lived this dude's life. Mm-hmm. I don't speak to my biological mother. I haven't spoke to her in 13 years now. And look at how better your life is because exactly of exactly the shit that's going on here. And I'm not going to get into it because it's right. my personal life. It doesn't matter. But there were uh, there was extenuating circumstances that were repetitive. Mm-hmm. And finally, I was like, I've had enough. Right. And within the first two weeks, I was like, damn, I'm not anxious anymore. Like mm-hmm. that anxiety of my phone ringing and it being her and there being problems is gone. And my life just got better and better and better. And every time somebody started bringing bullshit into life, I removed them. Mm-hmm. You were either going to act right and be present or not. You're either going to be a positive force in my life or you can be gone. I don't need you. Mm-mm. Yep. This weekend, we are having yet another sit down with her because the kids have said that they want to pick when they go to her house, not schedule it like they do the other grandparents because they feel the only reason she is asking is because it's a tug of war on who is better set of grandparents and they don't want that. Kids said that. The kids said that. There you go. The kids are more emotionally mature than this grandmother is. Kids need to say that to the dad. Kids need to have a conversation with the dad. Mm -hmm. Be like, look, we see this. We are children. You are supposed to be protecting us. Mm-hmm. The things that she is doing is affecting our lives in a negative manner. And as my father and my protector, you are supposed to be putting a stop to this. Right. I would also like to point out the whole need versus want thing that I said a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need people in your life. When you marry someone, it's not a need. It's a want. You right. want to spend the rest of your life with someone so much so that you are making a covenant between you and your God. 
to make this a, a definitive thing for mm-hmm. all time. You don't have that with your mother. Who are you marrying? Right. Why are you marrying them? There's a reason for it. Are you willing to lose what you have with this person because of your mom? So I told her this in a text only. I left out that they felt it was a tug of war. She asked what brought this on. I told her it was brought on to our attention, a report card meeting with us and the kids as something they felt. She then decided that answer wasn't good enough. And she called and spoke to my boyfriend about it. And again, asked if she could have the kids numbers. He repeated that we don't want their numbers being given out as they are 1311 and we are still teaching them phone safety and that they are earning the trust and privacy of having a phone. As our 13-year-old had a phone a year ago and got herself into some trouble by saying some things about kids from Mm -hmm. school in a group chat and it almost got her expelled. Yep. Okay. Personal experience. I went through this with my daughter Mm -hmm. because I, I didn't let her have a phone right away, but I got her a tablet. Yeah. And like I thought that I removed everything and blocked certain websites. And within a week and a half, she had all that shit back on there and it was hidden. And Mm -hmm. like, don't expect what you don't inspect. So if you are not on top of your kids' digital use, I promise you they're going to be getting into shit. Oh, yeah. Younger people have more understanding of technology as it comes out because Mm -hmm. this is the life they live. Right. It's happening now. Yeah. Like, this is something I think about a lot. I am horrified of the kids getting access to the internet. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to get them, like, an iPhone or a a tablet or anything until they're at least 15 or 16 years old. That's how I feel, too. I do not want my 13-year-old on Snapchat. Yep. We had, um, (laughs) yeah, no shit. Right. When I was was younger, um, my mom, my uh, not my biological, my adopted mom, was one of the first people that I knew that had a computer in the house. And they had internet access, and they had... um, they're Christians. So like mm-hmm. the only chat rooms that you could get on were Christian chat rooms. And even those chat rooms, when I was like 13, 14, 15 years old, when I was in those chat rooms, holy shit, the right. things that were said and went down. I, um, dude, the internet is a dangerous place for a child, especially it when it starts influencing their decision-making process and like mm-hmm. telling them, Hey, it's okay if this is a thing. And like, I'm not going to get into that, but right. you know what I mean? Like, like rumors and shit. Yeah. Not okay. You know, when I was, like 13 and 14 years old, there was an app called Kick. Yep. Tell me, tell me that's not a way to, to get kids snatched up real fucking quick. I, if my mom watches this, I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I think I was like 14 or 15 years old, a dude I met on the internet, we were messaging on that app and he kept asking me, let's meet up, let's meet up, let's yep. meet up. And I thought about it. My self-esteem was so bad. My self-worth was in the garbage. This person never fucking seen their face was telling me things I wanted to hear. And as a 14-year-old, I was hardcore thinking about sneaking out of the house and meeting up with this person just because he was giving me emotional validation. That's why we tell the kids every morning, repeat after me, I am enough. Yep. I am intelligent. I am beautiful. I am strong. I tell Grayson all the time, there are mornings he doesn't want to say it. I'm like, no, son, we're going to say it. Yeah, absolutely. And when he's done saying it, he's like, let's do it again. Yeah. Like, cement that shit. Absolutely cement that. Repeat it. Uh, you, right. As much as you want, we can do that. Yeah. And I was getting to the point where I don't even have to initiate it. Yeah. We'll be standing outside of their classrooms and it's like, Savannah will say, I want to say I'm beautiful. All right. You tell me whatever you want to say. Yep. And I'll repeat it right back to you. Like instilling that self-worth in children is something that's going to help them once they get that internet presence. Yeah. Because if somebody comes along and says, has anybody ever told you you're beautiful? Yeah, bitch. I know I'm beautiful. I don't need yep. to hear it from you. Yeah. 
I also think that, and this is not relevant to what you're saying, but mm-hmm. it's also, it is relevant. It's going to help them when they get into the, the bullying age at school. Right. And though I was told recently that there's like new bully laws and mm-hmm. like if you see somebody being bullied and don't speak up, they they consider you an accomplice to it and you, you're charged with whatever the, the charges are Good. happening. Bystander bullshit. Yeah. But bullying was very prevalent when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Kids are cruel as shit. So like getting yeah. that instilled in them now and giving them that belief in their self is huge. Please help me. I don't know what I am doing wrong. I have done everything right besides putting my finger in her face and telling her to fuck off and that she won't be seeing the kids until she can respect him and I keep respect him and I and keep her nose out of our household relationship and business. I disagree with that statement. You told her that you would make her face bloody and you said that in front of your children. That is wrong. I understand that that scenario was hard for you and there was a lot of emotions going on. You shouldn't have said that in front of the kids. And I I understand your frustration over this whole thing. I I do not like this woman. Like the mother-in-law, fuck her, bro. And I'm not calling you bro. I'm saying. I know. That whole incident, um, that night where she threatened to beat that woman to death or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, that that was over a year ago at this point. Right. Like there could have been amends made. There could Mm -hmm. have been apologies had. There could have been things like, there could have even been conversations with the kids like, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, I really lost my temper. That's not the way you're supposed to handle things. Right. I hope that that was had. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, that's just what we have in the email. Yeah. And in my opinion, that's wrong. Yeah. I, I don't care how upset or frustrated I am with somebody. If somebody is blocking my access to my children, I tell you once to get out of my way, I'm and not going to verbally assault you. Yep. I'm going to knock your shit and then I'm going to get to my child. Um, Other than that, and, and other than having arguments with her in front of the children, or I also, I disagree with not correcting her in front of the children. If she says some off-base shit in front of the kids and you just let that slide, no. that's a problem. Otherwise, I, I think the passive approach and not getting involved, because it's really, this isn't your decision to make. And you view it that way. You view it, it's not, it's not your decision to make. It's your husband's or your soon-to-be husband's. I think you're right in being passive and not causing a bunch of arguments in front of the kids, like at that birthday party. You know, I, I know that like she said that she's done everything right, except for put her finger in her face and telling her to F off mm-hmm. that night that, that, that in question, I feel like the Lord, the night in question, mm-hmm. you know, December 15, 1925, <laughs> where were you? It's 7 a.m. Um, yeah. I feel like in that scenario, that woman put her hands on her. The mom put her hands yeah. on her and blocked her. Like the mm-hmm. fact that there was only a verbal threat, the moment physical contact happens, mm-hmm. it's game over. Like, right. so though I agree she should have handled that situation better, I I, I don't think she's wrong. I, I really don't. I, and maybe maybe it's because I, I witnessed a lot of violence as a kid that like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a me thing. It probably is just a me thing. I, I have a very skewed reality sometimes, and I know that. Yeah. I think that she should have knocked her fuck out. Like yeah. the moment she put her hands on her, like it's over. Mm-hmm. You don't get to do that. You you don't do that. And you don't block somebody's path. Right. You know what I mean? If somebody's trying to leave or trying to get somebody and you stand in front of them and obstruct their, their, their trajectory, like th- that's a problem. And it could be that I'm biased because I, I don't like this mother-in-law, but everything else other than that one scenario, it seems like this woman is doing the right thing. Yeah. She's trying to be amicable about everything that's going on. Um, 
And I think the real issue is not so much what's going on between her and the stepmom or the mother-in-law. It's mm-hmm. what's going on between her and the husband and the fact that it's not being dealt with. Right. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. okay. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't let her in my house. Yeah. I, I think so she doesn't understand what she's doing wrong. I, I wouldn't say the way that you're reacting is wrong. I would just handle it differently. The The way that you handle things can alter the outcome of a situation. Absolutely. So there's a difference between reacting and responding. Right. And in a lot of these instances with the mother-in-law, it sounds like you're reacting instead of responding. And that's something that I would work on. I know it is very, very infuriating to deal with somebody like this woman. And in moments where the adrenaline is going and a lot of things are going on and you're just angry, it's hard to catch that reaction. You want to know something that helps me when I'm about to react? What? I read somewhere that your first reaction to any scenario is dumb. Mm-hmm. Like when you stop and think about what you're about to say or about to do, mm-hmm. like your first initial reaction 90% of the time is is stupid, stupid. Right. And knowing that and knowing that I want to handle things best, I always stop for a second and think about what I'm about to say or do and then try mm-hmm. to implement a better response. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that works for me because I don't want to look stupid in front of people. Right. You know, this is also the kind of scenario to where you really can't do anything to change it. it. It's on him to cut the mother-in-law out. And that... I think an ultimatum would absolutely change this. I would I would put down an ultimatum. If I were this woman, I would say I'm not, I'm not willing to spend the next 10 years of my life dealing with your mother. If, I don't have to. If you're lucky, it's 10 years. Right. Like, that's your mom. I did not sign on for this. Right. You know, you're supposed to be defending me, defending our family, making sure that our home is peaceful, but instead you're accommodating your mother. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to live that life with you. Yeah. So you can continue on with this and have your children exposed to this, but I'm not going to have my children exposed to what's happening here. Yeah, man. And, and you're right, because it's not just his kids. It's hers, right. too. And I don't, I don't want this to sound super shitty. I just want this to be a thought, you know, just trigger a thought process with this. You're putting your children in this situation. If nothing changes and he does not want to cut the mom off or limit her or put her in her place, just know you are exposing your children to this situation. And I understand it's a blended family and you love this man, you love his kids and you want to do the right thing. When it really boils down to it, you brought these children into the world. And even though I do believe a husband and wife should always come first in a scenario like this, where there can be long-term damage. Right. I hate to say it. Your children have to be the first and foremost thing in your thought process when it comes to all of this. I'm not saying leave the man. I'm not saying it's not going to work. He just has to show that he's willing to put in that work to make your home life happier. And if he's not willing to do that, I would do the ultimatum. Definitely. We only have like a half a paragraph left. Do you want to just bang out the rest of it and we can talk about it a little bit more? Uh, the rest of it is they got each other Christmas presents. The mother-in-law didn't keep the Christmas presents, so she dropped them off at Amazon. Please help. Thank you for advance. Thank you in advance. And then she goes on to say that her 17-year-old has started watching our videos. And she said, Chris, meaning I, have given him hope and that he can be a good man, even though he didn't have an example of one growing up until much later in life. And being autistic won't stop him from finding the right woman for him who will take the time to understand him. And this woman has actually implemented the report cards with the whole family. Right. Not just with the husband. Yeah, and she modified it. She sent us screenshots of, she did. of what they typed out. 
um, which I think is super dope. And you know, that's like, this is actually totally off topic. I was thinking about um, incorporating things that we do with the children that will help them long-term. I was waiting for that to happen because <laughs> you hit that straw like six or seven right. times. I keep waiting, but it's empty. So it doesn't matter. Not really. Oh, it sounded um, empty. <laughs> you can do report cards with children. Yeah. That's a super dope thing to implement now. That way when they're in their own relationship, they can implement that with right. their partner. At that point, it will be a long-term coping tool that they have. And I think it's super dope that her 17 year old has hope now. Yeah. When I was 17, I thought I was going to die alone. Like, it's super important touching back onto the 17 year old, that scenario with him getting into that girl's Instagram and blocking her. I, I do think that needs to be, if it hasn't already, I know it's been some time since it's happened. I think it should be a revisited conversation. You know, we're working on growing as people. You're past this point. Now you've healed from it. I just want to reiterate. Yeah. There are boundaries. What did, what did you learn from that? Right. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that's the way the conversation needs to be had mm-hmm. because I feel like if you re, if you revisit that in a, you know, that was wrong. Right. Not a blaming tone. That, but right. Because now, now you're bringing up something that's long gone. Mm-hmm. But if you bring it up as a, hey, do you remember this situation now that you're a year older, you've got new learning tools, coping mechanisms. What have you learned from that situation? Oh, so she said that the report cards have helped them so much. I actually didn't read the sentence. This just made me really happy. All the way down to teaching him to communicate better. And he watches y'all on YouTube. He doesn't comment, but he will come running to me and say, mom, they posted another one (laughs) and we will sit and listen together. And he says that y'all are badass people. That's funny. I love that. I hope he's not offended by what I said prior about that being an incorrect thing to do with that Instagram. I'm I'm really not shitting on him as a person. You know, he's still young. Mm -hmm. I think 25 year olds are still young, you know? When it so, comes to men, yeah, it just way past twenty five. Yeah, I, I say it all the time. The difference between me at forty two years old and me at fifteen is I can afford my toys, right? And I I don't laugh as hard at fart jokes. Yeah. I still laugh at them, but it's just not as hard. Like, yeah. and I don't I don't prank and do the the really super immature shit that I did when I was in my teens. But like, we are giant children. Yeah, we have man caves so mm-hmm. that we have a place to go and tinker and, be, and do hobbies and. You know, a lot of us are in, you know, close to 40, 50 years old and we still play video games. Mm-hmm. Like there's men are just that we're that. That's just right. the way it is. And and it's not a bad thing. It's just who we are. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, you being younger than I am, we get along so well because even in your immature moments, I'm about it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, we have, but you also have a maturity level that's a lot older because you're a woman. So right. like a 28 year old woman and a 28 year old man are going to have two very different mindsets. Mm-hmm. Um and it's important to remember that women do absolutely mature faster than men do. I think we should message her and let her know that this is going to be episode four. Okay. Because this is super personal through life and the 17 year old watches us. I want her to watch this first and see if it's something that can actually help their situation and not hinder it. Yeah. Well, I mean, how are we going to do that? Because this is a two and a half hour podcast. And right. once it goes live, it's live. I know. I'm going to message her and tell her that we are covering this. Okay. And say, I would rather you watch this first. Oh, yeah. See if you gain anything from it. Because if the 17-year-old watches this, and because of his anxiety, I don't want him to fixate on the one thing that we talked about that was a negative aspect of it. Because overall, I think what she is doing is good. Like, she's a really good woman. And if she's not proud of herself, fuck, I am. Like, you are going above and beyond for these family, for this family and for the kids that aren't even yours. 
I, I also think that it's important mm-hmm. to, to know like what that 17 year old kid goes went through in this scenario mm-hmm. is normal. Oh yeah. Like we all go through that at some point mm-hmm. or another. Your first heartbreak is horrible. Yeah. It's definitely rough, you know? Um, but he should definitely view it as a learning experience. It is. It's a way to be better. Mm-hmm. Everything that you go through in life is either an opportunity or a problem. And if you view it as a problem, it will be a problem. Mm-hmm. If you view it as an opportunity to learn from it and get better, you're not failing. Yeah. You're learning. You're improving. Mm-hmm. It's no different than when you were talking earlier and saying that you've done foul shit in your past, but that's not who you are anymore. You can not like me because of something I did six months ago or six years ago. Right. But I've learned from that yeah. and I'm working on being better. So if you're still hung up on something that I did six months or six years ago, that's a you problem. Mm-hmm. It's not a me problem. I don't care. Yeah. I'm learning my lessons and I'm trying to improve and be better. And it, if even if it's 1%, if mm-hmm. I am 1% better every single day, yeah. I'm still improving. Right. Bitch, I'm proud of that. Like, mm-hmm. get some. Yep. And when it comes to the 17-year-old... There's going to be a lot of obstacles in life. Yeah. Like one autistic person to another. (laughs) Shit's going to get rough at times. And, you know, people are going to judge you and they're not going to understand you. That that happens to me now. Like at work, I'll say some offhand shit and I'll see someone look at me side. I'd be like, what what did you just say? (laughs) Like, are you okay? I don't care. It was funny. Yeah. I make people laugh. Even if you're laughing at me and not with me, I'm enjoying my life. Like yeah. I am the main character in my world. Y'all are just side quests at yeah. this point. Like NPCs. <laughs> I I the confidence I have is not something I had when I was 17. You still have a lot of life experience to go through, and you're gonna have a lot of obstacles and learning lessons. Obstacles are learning lessons. It's mm-hmm. not and it's that's no, what they, they are. are. They're yeah. learning experiences. God is going to continue to put struggle in your life mm-hmm. and obstacles until you learn to overcome them mm-hmm. effectively. And then you're not going to deal with that anymore because yeah. you've learned that lesson. Next obstacle. And that's that's the way it works. You can call it yeah. God or universe, whatever makes you comfortable, but I that that's a fact. That's mm-hmm. that's the way it's always been. If you pray for patience, God's gonna give you things to make you patient. Yeah. Yeah, be careful what you pray for. <laughs> and like I, I love that the seventeen year old is actually excited to be learning these things. Yeah this 17 year old, by the time he's 20, he's going to be more emotionally intelligent than some people in their thirties and learning these skills now and understanding that, you know, you're not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. You're not going to be. Some and people, that's okay. Yeah. Some people taste me and spit me right back out. I don't <laughs> like, Ooh. <laughs> um, you know, if we had, if we had six kids in a household in that age range, mm-hmm. we would have dungeons and dragons night. Oh, hell yeah. I would absolutely oh. run D and D with that many kids. Because there's a lot of problem solving and right. life lessons that you can learn. And there's real consequences in that you could lose your character and you can lose all your shit. Your character could die. Right. So yeah. like there are a lot of life lessons that get worked out in games like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got to be honest, I would be, I'd be hardcore D&D with these kids. That's a good idea. I hope they implement that. That would be fun. It's also a night where you guys can sit down for three or four hours and just have family time. Yep. That's intimate time that you wouldn't be having otherwise. And it's all imagination. Yeah. Like... The kids are going to love that shit. I don't really have anything else to say. The, the, the woman is not the issue in this. No, the, the issue is the, the stepmom or the mother-in-law mm-hmm. and the, the, the soon-to-be husband's... Lack of boundaries. Relationship with it, right? Mm-hmm. Lack of boundaries. Relationship with his mom. I, I really feel like the two of you, um, husband and wife, or soon-to-be husband and wife, need to sit down and lay out expectations of how you're going to move forward because once you say I do, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Um. So before that happens, you need to sit down and you need to be like, okay, you know, like you said, <coughs> I don't want to deal with this for the next 10 years. Right. 
And that's that's the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If she, if she lives for another 30 years, do you want to live the next 30 years of your life arguing and fighting with your mother, especially with the kids right? and dealing with all of this when you can set boundaries and tell her like you have one opportunity to get your life in order to be a part of our lives. And if you don't, you're not staying. I'm going to take care of my family because it's my duty to do so. Mm-hmm. Where you have failed, I will not. Right. And, and it, that's a horrible thing to say. It's harsh. But it's, it's definitely a harsh thing, but that it's a but reality. That's reality, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, you have a duty to your children. You have a duty to your wife. If, mm-hmm. if you're going to marry her, you need to to leave the nest. Right. Let your mom be her, your mom, mm-hmm. but let her do it from a distance. She doesn't have to be there. She doesn't yeah. have to be in your home. She doesn't have to be on the phone. Mm-hmm. When she starts getting unruly or inappropriate, that check she, that shit. It needs to be stopped. You and can it, either correct your behavior right now, or we're done discussing yeah. this. Exactly. Be like, you know, and, and that could even be the the conversation. Mm-hmm. What you just said is unacceptable. You can either apologize or we're done. Yeah. And then stand your ground. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I would remove this woman from my life. If, it, yeah. if, if this was us mm-hmm. and this was the scenario, she would have been removed a long time ago. Right. I would have given her the ultimatum probably. I mean, I, obviously, I'm sure this was going on way more than a year, mm-hmm. but I would have given her the ultimatum way mm-hmm. before now. And I would, you know, this is how I'm going to be living my life. This mm-hmm. woman is who I'm choosing to spend the rest of my life with. And we have a blended family. Well, she said that she was even like this to the wife who passed away. It's because it's who she is as a person. But he was allowing it to happen to the wife before. Right. And he's going to repeat that. Right. And she's marrying into that. She's mm-hmm. got to understand that as well. This is why the expectations need to be had. Right. And if you guys can't come to an agreement that he's going to adhere to, mm-hmm. You should not marry this man. I agree. And I would I, call off the engagement. That's one of those things that you, if you trust your partner, mm-hmm. you will have a good marriage. Right. If you do not trust your partner, you're not going to have a good marriage. Mm-hmm. Everything of <clears throat> your foundation is built on trust. So if, if he says, I'm going to do this, and he starts defaulting and, and, and reneging on these things, you can't do that. You, you need to be able to... to oh, Hit the escape button. <laughs> Stop me. Um, you need to be able to hold that ground and you guys need to, to be building this foundation for the future because eventually she's not going to be here. Eventually your kids are going to move out and it's going to be the two of you. Mm-hmm. And if you're living a life of turmoil because of other people's nonsense and you haven't got your house in order when your kids all move out, what's going to happen to your relationship? And I got to be honest, I, I don't know. Uh, this is this is kind of a one-sided thing because we're hearing her side of the story. Right. But from what I'm hearing, it sounds like he's got a good woman who genuinely wants to do the right thing. Right. You know how rare that is? Very rare. I don't know. <coughs> I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't allow this to continue. Mm-mm. And like I said prior, you know, I, I really I'm not like an ultimatum is like desperation. Like that's the final straw. You've tried everything else. Ultimatums are not fun to give. Yeah. And and if the ultimatum needs to be had, it needs to be adhered to. Right. I would I would also say, you know, I not only do I not want to live the next ten years of my life like this with your mother, I don't have to. Right. I am making the choice to be here with you. Yep. I don't need you, I want you. Right. So if if he's not willing to draw that line in the sand and adhere to it to make your guys' marriage happy, you don't have to be there. Yep. You know? Would it suck breaking up the blended family? Yeah, like, you guys have been living like this for years at this point. That kind of, that level of disrespect is just not worth it for me. That level of toxicity and manipulation and the way that it's affecting the children, 
I, I also understand that it's a rock and hard place because it is his mother. Right. But like. With this kind of behavior, it's not that hard of a decision though. Right. But if you are in love with somebody and you want that marriage and you want that life and this mm-hmm. person is that much to you that you're willing to commit the rest of your life with them, mm-hmm. you got to be able to realize that this is a problem and you need to start correcting those problems. Right. I, I don't know. <clears throat> it, it's difficult. It, it's not an easy scenario. And, it's not. And I, I don't envy him at all because he is in a really shitty position because he, he has to choose between his wi- woman and his mother. But from a uh, from my perspective, when you get married, you are choosing that woman over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's biblical. Right. So... I don't know. I don't have anything else on all of this. I, I really thought there was going to be a whole lot more questions there. Really, this was just a Jerry Springer show where we got to in, yeah. entertain each other while listening to this and and be like, damn, that sucks. Better yeah. you than me kind of situation. As, as horrible as that is the sound, I, I wouldn't. I would not want to be living this. I wouldn't either. Uh, you have anything else you um, want to add? The last thing I just want to say, like if <laughs> if you guys haven't clicked off already with anger towards us from what we've said we don't mean it from a super shitty no, place not at all. this is from experiences that we've already had and as a woman with i'm not saying that this person doesn't have self-worth mm-hmm. or self-esteem as a woman with self-worth in myself i would not deal with this scenario especially with him saying well i can only do so much i can only say so much right I, i'm gonna add to that too when you're done because you just triggered a new, a new thought. Sorry. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really, my, my intention in saying everything that I've said, I don't <laughs> want to specify this towards a 17-year-old. I don't really mean it in a shitty way. I, I want everybody to be happy in their life. I want everybody to have a peaceful life. I want everybody to live their best fucking life. And as somebody who at one point was 17 years old, who had an undiagnosed autism who had undiagnosed autism, if I would have, to- if I was told what you did was incorrect, like you crossed a boundary, you were to blame in that scenario. I, I, that would fuck me up. Yeah. So I, I want to clarify. I'm not saying that to degrade you as a person or say that you're a bad guy. It's a learning opportunity. Right. Take that and grow from it. So in your next relationship, if you have, if there's somebody on Instagram who you feel is threatening your relationship and you go to your girlfriend and say X, Y, and Z, you know, communicate it in a healthy way. I've noticed this person on your Instagram. The things this person is commenting is bothering me. It's making me feel insecure in our relationship. If your girlfriend says anything, but I hear you, I understand you either. I'm going to block this person or I'm just going to stop interacting in the comments. That shows you where you're at in the right. in the relationship. Not all, not all communication is verbal. Sometimes right. the best part of a conversation is hearing what isn't being said mm-hmm. and actions will always speak louder than words. Right. The only other thing I thought of was while you were talking was mm-hmm. the, the, the house thing. Like we both agree that our houses are our sanctuary. Right. This is the only place on the planet where we are guaranteed peace because it is ours. Right. But well, this is what we cultivated it to be. Right. But like we've had conversations where people have wanted to come in vacation. Mm-hmm. And we're like, cool, you can go get a hotel. Right. We're not letting you stay here because I'm not going to have my peace disrupted. You're not going to allow your peace disrupted. Mm-hmm. We are not going to allow each other's peace to be interrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to protect your the sanctity of your house and the peace of your house because there's nowhere else you can go to get what you get from home. Right. And that's something to keep in mind when you have all of that negative energy coming into your house and it's creating conflict and physical violence is about to break out and you're mm-hmm. standing nose to nose with one of your children like... 
to be fair, I also think that the kid was trying to vote to his dad. Just, you know, I, I truly believe that men need to yeah. test that alpha. See, see who's uh, going to lead that pack kind of thing. <laughs> it doesn't ever go well for the teenager. I watched a comedian <laughs> and he said, um, my brother was like 16. He was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to fight dad today. <laughs> so, and they, the brother was like 16. The younger brother was like 10. He was like, yeah, you fucking get him. You that go would be fight me. dad. That would be me. I would instigate yeah. that shit and afterwards be like, you dumbass." The 16 year old walked up to dad and he's like, let's go outside. And then I was like, what? And he was like, we're going to fight. And the dad put a, a cigar in his mouth. and He was like, let's go. And they walked out there and he was like, hit me. And the son was just kind of standing there and he punched him and the dad just knocked him on his ass yeah. with one punch and walked back inside. Yeah, the old man strength. <laughs> yeah. And the little kid was like, oh, damn, like, I'm never going to do that. Yep. <laughs> like everybody in that scenario just learned a lesson. Yep. There's, there's, there's old man muscle is a very real thing. Muscle maturity is a very real thing. Oh, when you yeah. get somebody that's been blue collar their whole life, they got a different strength. Mm -hmm. And at 16 years old, I don't care how strong you think you are. You're not. You got little baby muscles yeah. at that point. <laughs> you got a little baby brain. You think you're gonna call dad out. And, and, you got and nothing that compared scenario. to that man. Yep. That shit's funny to me. All you right. Know, I, the last thing I'm going to add. I'm going <laughs> to be honest. If, if my 16 year old son was wanting to square up the way it's perceived in this email. Yeah. I would let the scenario play out. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to hit that man. If you hit somebody, you're going to get hit back. You know, if you want to have a conversation, if something is upsetting you, then you say that you don't just stand there, look a man up and down and then hold eye contact. Fuck around and find right. out. Right. You want it, come get it. You know, and I can understand the mom's perspective perspective in that instance. You don't want your child to get hurt. No, no, you e don't. Especially by somebody who's supposed to be a father figure, you know? But if you want to play the game, you're going to get the reward you get. I really believe that that's normal shit. Yeah. Every man that I have ever been friends with have mm -hmm. wanted to step to their father at some point in their life to see if they got it. Right. It is normal. It's normal man shit. It's mm -hmm. young testosterone. You, you got you got to think of like like the animal nature. You get right. to a point where like lions are like, all right, I'm gonna go fuck that old man up and take mm -hmm. this pride. It doesn't always work out that way. Right. There are a lot of times that these young lions who are or in their prime mm -hmm. get wrecked by an old man who's got that skill because he's been through it and he's right. been fighting his whole life. I, I don't know. This shit's funny to me. It really is. It, that scenario is not funny. Like that's yeah. tragic for her, and that whole scenario sucked. Right. But as a, an outsider, I'm like, yeah, it shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> Should have just let that go. I think that the father and the stepdad or whoever he is, because they're not married, but he's right. stepping into that stepfather role. I, I think that when you move in together like that and you're right. living that life, you're married. Yeah. You, you've made the decision to play that game. He could have definitely handled the scenario better. I mean, he could have put him through a wall. Could have handled it a whole lot worse. Could have, yeah. But he, instead of saying, "Is there a problem? You got a problem?" He could have been like, "What's going on? Why are you looking at me like that?" And if he doesn't want to elaborate, be like, "Okay, so we're either going to converse about this or we're going to throw hands." Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, I I would have been like, "You want it? Come get it." <laughs> I see you looking at me. You want to come punch me in the face? Yeah, come punch me in the face. Let's go. Let's see what happens. I would be that mom if if my daughter wanted to square up to me. Okay. All right, and be like, I need you to hold that thought. I'm going to go buy some 16-ounce gloves <laughs> so that I don't break anything, Right. and we're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We should get some boxing gloves just in case. <laughs> Keep them in a box in the closet, and then 10 years could you, later. Could you imagine if we... This is so wrong. I, I'm not even... I'm not saying that on no. the podcast. No. Because somebody's going to take that the wrong way and think that I'm trying to start like a toddler fight club or something. <laughs> toddler fight club. Yeah. Sometimes jokes go too far. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, we're we're two hours and forty four minutes in. Do you want to call it? Um, yeah, I guess. Okay, um, guys, let us know what you want to do. We we um or what you want us to do. We don't want to do these emails all the time. Like this has been a very lighthearted situation. This is obviously not one of the worst ones that we've gotten. Right. I mean, we've made it a lighthearted situation. There was some heavy shit in this email. Yeah. And even even with the jokes that we made and like the whole squaring up bullshit, like that whole scenario could have been handled a lot better by everybody in it. I even agree. the sixteen year old could have been like, "Hey, can I talk to you privately?" Right. You know, shouldn't have been on the sixteen year old though. It should have been on the parents. Right. At sixteen years old, you're a child still. Right. But that's also a good moment after it happens to be like, if you have a problem with me, yeah. come and talk to me about yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Let us know what you guys want us to do. We don't want to continue doing this. We want to do more lighthearted content. You know, we thought about doing like movie reviews and talking about TV shows and, you know, talking about photography. And and like, I got to be honest too, I don't know if I want to continue focusing on Apple and and Spotify and doing like an actual podcast because YouTube will let us monetize and Mm -hmm. we can actually start making money from this eventually one day, hopefully. Um Obviously, I, I'm not saying that we're taking this off of any of the streaming services. If we continue to just do an episode four, five, six podcast, I will continue to put that up. Right. But all of the other <clears throat> content that we we make will be a YouTube content. Yeah. So I got nothing else. Uh, so this woman actually just messaged us and said, I sent you guys an email and I'm reading it back. There's a lot of typos. I'm sorry. Is it this one? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, but I'm letting her know now, like, we just recorded it. We're going to edit it and then post it. Okay. Well... Got anything else? No. Are you sure? Got anything of value to contribute to the conversation? <laughs> I'm sorry if we hurt feelings in this. Yeah. I, I genuinely am. You know, I, I it is never my intention to make someone feel like they're a shitty person. And if something I've said in this email makes you feel like a shitty person, I apologize. It, it's really just to show an outside perspective on things. And, you know, in the scenario, like with the 17-year-old or like in the scenario where she's in the mom's face saying, I'm going to make you bloody, it's heavy shit to read. And, mm. you know we're not experiencing that in the moment, all of the emotions and the rage and everything that's going on. It's not to make you feel bad for the things you've done in the past. There's nothing you can do to change it. You just have to learn from it and you got to grow from it. And even though, this is why I can't have nice things. And even, I don't remember where I was going with that because I just panicked. (laughs) I just want you guys to be happy and to be better people. Everybody can be a better person. I can be a better person. Yeah. We work on that every every time we record, we're working on that. Yeah. But I hope what we've said has given further insight into things, you know. Don't hate me. (laughs) I like this. It doesn't have to slap the way it does. (laughs) 